Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, it's Juan from Inside the Hatches. Hey, what's going on, Juan? What's up, Juan? I'm good, I'm good. Hey, listen, man, like, first time caller, I'm glad to be, you know, a little part. And, you know, me being the NFL aficionado that I am, I'm taking a look at this Eagle schedule, man. And, like, look, let's face it, NFC East has been absolutely bad to watch this year. And that's putting it lightly. And the Eagles, like, you know, they have a chance to take to take control, but it's just a matter of trying to get over uh, a difficult hump. So, where can you see like a win come out of uh, a come come out for the Eagles this year? Like, where do you see a possible win? Um, I think these wins definitely have to happen. Starting this Thursday against the Giants at home. Um, after that, they face the Giants twice over the next three weeks, and then after the Giants on Thursday night, they also host Dallas. And obviously, we saw you know the display of Dallas's offense. Um, on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals, and that was without Chandler Jones, you know, wreaking havoc on that offensive line. So if the Eagles want to have a chance of, you know, getting some confidence going, they have been getting confidence, especially on the offensive side of the football, over these last few weeks against really tough and vaunted defenses. So if they want to, you know, put their carbon footprint into this NFC East and take control of it, it has to be over these next three weeks against NFC East opponents. I have to admit, man, like, you know, being, me being a Jet fan, I'm witnessing, like, a team that is just dying in every facet of, of the word. And it's dying with veterans leading the way. We're not seeing a lot from young talent popping up on the team. And the Eagles have a lot of, like, good talent, but a lot of it's on the older side. How much, are, how much you know, is good, how much weight is, are the Eagles going to have to shed um, over the offseason with regards to letting go of some older players? And who do you think still has something left in the tank? Hey, Juan, Mark here. So um, when it comes to the Eagles, I feel like we make a lot of bad decisions based off of loyalty, which when you technically look at it, that's a great thing that you want to have or, uh, loyalty in an organization. But we held on to a couple of guys way too long. For example, Darren Sproles. We should have been gotten rid of him a long time ago. And even when we did have him here, we should have had him at least helping groom uh, what's his name? Byron Scott? Did I Boston, say? Scott. Boston Scott. See, there. See, I knew I was coming. So uh, <laughs> have him grooming Boston Scott to be that type of third down running back the way that Darren Sproles was, you would think, especially having the same body type and everything. And then you can even look at Jason Peters. We had him way too long, and we still have him on this team. And then we're going back to a whole nostalgia act, bringing back Deshaun Jackson, who's played what? maybe one and a half games and has just been stealing money from us. So the Eagles tend to hold on to guys entirely too long to the point where it's like we don't even have a farm system of upcoming prospects where it's like, who, who are we going into the future with? Like, okay, we know we're going in the future with Carson Wentz. That's a plus, but okay, do we know for certain we're going into the future with Miles Sanders? Do we know for certain we're going into the future with Andre Dillard? Like, we don't truly have a true core to, like, say, hey, these are the guys that we're going up to battle with for the next five years or so. That's something that the Philadelphia Eagles don't have, and that's partly because they spend entirely too much money on older players that should, at this point, be coaches instead of actual players. And you, you speak of, like, you know, growing growing receive, growing talent from the inside and young players. The receiving core doesn't look too bad. Jalen Rager, yeah, he's been injured, but he, he is set to come back this week. You also have Travis Fulgham just coming out of nowhere. Uh, even premiered, like, over two, uh, had back-to-back 100-yard games. 
which was, you know, just stellar in and of itself. Greg Ward has been a reliant weapon for, for Wentz. It's just that, you know, you're right in terms of loyalty, like, to let, like, big players go. And that's why I, I think, like, you can't keep guys like Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, or Deshaun Jackson going into 2021 because it just doesn't help that offense whatsoever. It doesn't help, and those guys also don't really contribute. Like, I've been on record for the longest saying that we should have gotten rid of Zach Ertz when his stock was high. So that way we can fill in those holes, for example, at linebacker, improve our defensive line, improve our offensive line. Though, Because Zach Ertz, his salary cap, he, he takes up a lot of money. We can get picks and we can free up cap space with that. Alshon Jeffrey, when that money's off the books, who knows the improvement that our team could go through, and then Deshaun Jackson as well. I want, I want to ask, uh, you know, 2021 coming in, Eagles most likely, if they continue the trajectory they're on, could finish with a top 15 pick uh, next year's draft. Who are you guys already targeting for what position? Um, probably somebody, either on the de- either somebody on the offensive line or particularly for my pick, uh, I would probably pick, like, the best cornerback available. So I already have, like, I want an Ohio State player on this team for the longest, so probably Sean Wade, because we need somebody opposite of Darius Slade, because all the guys that we have now, you know, Jalen Mills is also a guy that we hold on to way too long, but, you know, the rest of these guys, Devontae Maddox, I like his heart, but he's way too small to be an outs- to be an effective outside corner. Same with Nicole Robbie Coleman, Craven LeBlanc, those are all slot guys. So we need a legitimate, we need to go into the first round, and we haven't gone in the first round and get like a first round talent cornerback says Lito Shepard. Wow. So we need somebody, you know, on the outside that we could trust to, you know, hold it down on the other side of the football other than Darius Slay. Other than that, I definitely prefer, you know, a linebacker, you know, anybody that just isn't Nate Gary. I'm I'm gonna go the opposite of Chris because I personally feel if the trade deadline comes when's the trade deadline? Uh, I believe in three weeks. All right, well we don't draft well we don't we don't draft well. So with the way how terrible the NFC East is, like as of right now, as a total out of all four teams, we're five eighteen and one. So believe it or not, we actually have a chance to sneak in the playoffs. If I'm the Eagles, I try to trade that pick and get try to get like a Odell Beckham because at the end of the day, we don't draft well. So why are we going to continue to do this every single year? For prime example, Justin Jefferson has been looking like a Pro Bowler, and we and we blew that up. I think th- he had over a hundred again. This previous game and we could have picked him so and all right that's not a knock on Jalen Rager because we haven't been able to see what he can do but we all saw in our eyes at LSU what Justin Justin Jefferson could do we're now seeing it again in the NFL I'm just tired of Howie continuing to think that he's the smartest man in the room and is going to get this guy from out of Bibble Tall, New Jersey, like that, places like that don't even produce great NFL talent. So I'd rather trade it. All right, all right. And you know, like speaking of like you know drafting and and like and trading guys, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a Jets fan, and I've been watching this team. So you know the pain. Crumble, like it is awful, awful, awful coaching, awful management, awful quarterback play, and. Quarterback play being the center point here, you know I love Sam Donald and I believed in him when he came in in 2018 and he showed flashes, but he has just regressed so much under the Adam Gates system that I feel like it would be better to get to trade him away to somewhere where he can grow 
and then draft Trevor Lawrence. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've been back and forth on that. What do you guys think about, like, if the Jets should draft Trevor Lawrence if and when they get the first overall pick? So the thing is, is that if you fire Adam Gase, the new guy that you have to bring in, he has to be on board to coach whatever quarterback that they bring in. Because the one thing that ruins young quarterbacks is that there's a disconnect between whether the who the head coach wants and what franchise wants. That's what happened in Washington with RG3. Mike Shanahan didn't want absolutely nothing to do with RG3. He wanted Kirk Cousins. But management already traded all those picks to get the number two overall pick, and right after Andrew Luck was going to be RG3. RG3 had a really good rookie year, and honestly, he, he thrived in Shanahan's system. However, he just didn't want him, and then things, you know, came to pass, you know. That the same in- thing that's happening in Washington now. Yeah, exactly. Ron Rivera wanted absolutely nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins. And now you're seeing it. They, it was just a way to get Alex Smith, you know, back on the field and, you know, for them to, you know, get their new quarterback in now. So you've seen it uh, time and time again, the disconnect between, you know, head coaches and what, you know, the quarterback that they want and the quarterbacks that they inherit. So whoever, you know, you guys bring in, they have to be all in on, like, you know, developing, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Trey Lance. Uh, whoever they bring in, or you know, you fire Adam Gase and the guy you bring in is like, you know, I'm all for you know, the rebuilding of Sam Darnold. So if you think you can get you know the value for you know extra picks, you know, like a second, like a third, or a fourth rounders for you know Sam Darnold, then more power to you. Uh, one one thing I I actually like Sam Darnold. I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. I know he has regressed a little bit, but if you think about that typical NFL body, uh, the passing style and everything that Sam Darnold does, I like him a lot. One thing that I think the Jets need, and I just think they need stability. I feel like they need a solid front office who can really help to put a football team together. I feel like you guys haven't had that since you had Rex Ryan back in the day. I mean, I get it. You guys had Mark Sanchez as your quarterback, but back then you guys had a solid defense. Like you, you guys were pretty, you know, a remarkable team back then in my opinion. So I feel like it, it, it starts upstairs. You guys got to have stability. You don't want to, you know, be a, a revolving door where it's coach after coach after coach, quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Because then in cases like that, you're going to essentially end up like Miami. Like like they haven't had a franchise quarterback since Dan Marino. That was or, the or Cleveland Brown since you haven't had a franchise quarterback since forever. Right. I, I don't in my lifetime I can't even tell you who a franchise quarterback was for the Browns. And you know, that's the sad part of it all is like you know, organizations like these are just so inept that often, you know, guys who who want to come out of college don't even want to go to these organizations because they know they're gonna get picked there. And coaches feel like that's where careers go to die and I just feel like 2020 has proven to be the year in which the Jets have become that kind of an organization. It's been and longer than that. Come on, be real. I mean, no, we've had hope. Last year was supposed Did to you be really have hope? hope. <laughs> Let's be real when now. Draft, <laughs> when you draft a quarterback in 2018 and he shows promise in that year and then the following year it's some sort of progression late in the second half of the year, of course there's hope. I get it. And then, and you, you, I mean, you got you to gotta have hope. But let's be real. You know, you know on the other side of that coin. Well, which brings me up to one thing. You know, a lot of people have been saying, and I've been seeing this in Philly Twitter lately, that that uh, Nick Foles should have stayed in, in Philly, oh. that Carson Wentz should have been the one that's been traded. And I, I'm very much against that because Carson Wentz has more of the upside where Nick Foles was a little more limited as a quarterback with regards to arm strength and mobility. But I just want to ask you guys, do you think like, this is something that Philadelphia management is going to regret having Nick Foles let go? 
I've been hearing the same conversation for Eagles Twitter for since 2017, like immediately right after the Super Bowl. And right after when Carson Wentz had to, you know, take the rest of the season off because of a back injury and he had that win against Chicago. But no, I'm very happy with, you know, the decision, you know, to keep Carson Wentz because you're seeing it right now that there's no quarterback in the NFL that you could put on the Philadelphia Eagles right now and they'll feel much different results than what Carson, than what you're seeing with Carson Wentz right now. You're missing four offensive linemen, Andre Diller, Jason Peters, uh, Isaac Cedamalu, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks. You're missing Alshon Jeffrey. You're missing Deshaun Jackson. You're missing Jalen Rieger. Uh, Zach Ertz is now out. Miles Sanders is now out. Only offensive starter that you have now is Travis Kelsey. So, uh, no, not Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, the, his brother. You sounded like me. Yeah, oh, man. It, it's been a long day. But it's... it's Right, Nick Foles wouldn't yield you the same results. Sure, um, you know, the nostalgia of like, something about putting on that midnight green number nine Eagles jersey like is something that possesses Nick Foles to perform well above, you know, what he usually does. But I I just think no. Um We got listen, I, I am overall tired of the conversation about Nick Foles. He's no longer on this team. Look, call it what you want. I'ma keep it real. All right, that's what I do. I keep it real. Nick Foles is a glorified, much better version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's truly a designed backup quarterback. You've seen what happens when he's in other systems. You saw what happens when he left Philadelphia the first time, when he went to the Rams. He went straight to the bench. He was no good. He came back as a backup like he was supposed to do, did what a backup was supposed to do, and just so happened he leads us to the promised land. I'm happy for that. Of course, like, you know, they simplified the offense for a backup, making his life easier. Then he gets traded to Jacksonville, gets benched again. Then you know the story. He ends up in Chicago. Once again, in a backup position, the underdog, he's better as an underdog and a backup. So when you have elite talent like Carson Wentz, everybody knows that when Carson Wentz is on, there's only about two other quarterbacks who play as well as Carson Wentz, and that's probably Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes when when Carson Wentz is on. Russell Wilson. All right, Russell Wilson is absolutely now in that conversation. I apologize. I can't can't disrespect my man Russ. Like, the fact he never got MVP votes ever is just criminal, in my opinion. It's coming. It's coming. Um, But overall, Carson Wentz is our guy, and you continue to see it week in and week out, especially playing with Chris, Mark, and Juan every Sunday because he doesn't have any talent because we don't know how to properly build around him or stay healthy. It's not even just also overcoming the lack of talent and the lack of offensive line. It's also overcoming play calling. Those two Kurt those two-point conversion plays Dumb. that Doug Peterson had, you know, Dumb. this past Sunday was just absolutely horrible. For what? And it's like when you go for two and you don't convert it, you have to go to two. You have to go for two again so you can at least try to catch up. And the thing about it is, is that, like, I don't understand, like, trying to do, like, a read option run. Like, put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, spread everybody out, and live and die with that result. Exactly. You know, guys, that actually, like, makes me, like, have, like, a final question for, for a duck out, like, uh, uh, is Doug Peterson on the hot seat? Uh, for me, absolutely. I want him gone. I never saw any true brilliance ever since uh, Frank Reich has been gone. You've never even seen any true brilliance. Every time they show the replay of Philly Philly, you see Nick Foles go up to Doug and say, Philly Philly. Doug didn't call that. Doug just gave it a green light. Like, 
I haven't seen Doug Peterson do anything. Doug Peterson wasn't even really good as a quarterback in the league. He was nothing but a, glor- a glorified backup. So, like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with him. Or at least at least because he is a player's coach, I'll give him that. At least give up the play calling, bring in a solid offensive coordinator that can truly run this offense and put Carson in the right place because he's still treating Carson as if he's coming off an ACL injury. As you can see, Carson, what, he took off like a 25-yard or even stiffed arm a guy or two. Like, Carson Wentz is fine. Stop babying this guy. Uh, I'm done with Doug. Yeah, so, well, I'm not, I'm not done with Doug, but I'm more in, inclined to, you know what, bring somebody in to, you know, just give a fresh breath of, you know, perspective. You know, I'm all for bringing, like, Jim Caldwell in and, you know, having him as an offensive coordinator because I feel like, you know, he got, like, such a – continued to got such a raw deal, what you saw in Detroit, and now you're seeing the Lions now with Matt Patricia, you know, getting one – like, winning two more games in less time than, like, what uh, Jim Caldwell did in, like, his final season. So I think Jim Caldwell, to me, like me, a perfect quarterback coach, like you saw with Peyton Manning, you saw what he did with Joe Flacco, you know, during his Super Bowl run. Uh, just bring somebody in, bring them a new perspective, put Carson Wentz in the right spots, you know, bring bring somebody new. Like you have a lot of speed, and like I haven't seen like any like pick action, I haven't seen like any like drags or like you know mesh concepts or anything. It's just all verticals nothing. down the field. It's nothing. And like when you have a banged up offensive line, you would think that you know a coach like that, like Doug Peterson. You know, a Super Bowl winning coach would put Carson in better position to get the ball out quicker. But no, you haven't seen it. So I'm not done with Doug yet, but Jeffrey Lurie definitely needs to overwrite. He was like, yeah, listen, you need an offensive coordinator and you need to get off, give up your play calling. Absolutely. And, you know, guys, I, I want the Eagles to win badly. I've been rooting for them all, all um, like, this all, all year. I made, like, in my jersey pick uh, with, with Inside the Hatches, I did pick against them. Which when they went against the 49ers, I did do that. I would admit to that solely, and I have been paying for it since. But with that being said, I love local teams. I love teams within the East Coast, and Philly is in a, a close personal part of my heart, and I wish nothing but the best for them going forward. All right, man, Juan, uh, we appreciate that. Juan, I just got one question for you, man. How's everything up there in Syracuse? Uh, you know, I graduated. I got my master's. I'm back down here in New Jersey. And, you know, just working from home, just, you know, just kind of just working here with, with ITH, doing videos, podcasting. We miss you at the Air. Podcast, by the way, man. I miss those hot takes that you have bringing when, when, I, when I was hosting the first time. But, uh, you know, I'm, 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 like, happy to hear from you again, man. You're doing great work out here. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know what, man, you got the number now. Call in any time. We'll do, man. Take it later. easy, Juan. All right, man. See ya. See ya. That's a nice call. I like Juan. He's cool. Yeah, man. He's a Jets fan. Though. Why? Why would he do that? I mean, that that's it's Jersey, that's, man. That's just pain. It's pain. I feel like most people that that I know from that area, they know to be Giants fans. Like they just know. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. That's, it's like being a Mets fan. Like, come on, why? Like, why would you be a Mets fan? I, don't know. I used to like the Jets uh, growing up. Well, not as like as a fan, but like you know those old like 2000 teams with Curtis Martin, Santana. Yeah, they was cool. Yeah. Like they 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 was okay. Like that Bart Scott on. That's why Bart Scott. I was thinking about Bart Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Bart Scott on defense. Yeah. Like yo, they was pretty solid. Uh, Revis Island. Yeah. Jets was fair, but nah. Everybody knows like it's really the Giants. Listen, man. Every, listen, everybody got their own guilty pleasure. Unfortunately, you know. Wants a Jets fan, and you know our guilty pleasure is just being fans of Philadelphia sports. I guess it's bad, but I mean, I'll take it. Listen, man, before 2017, it was still bad. It was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, it's just it's, you know, 2017 kind of spoiled us because we got that Super Bowl, yeah. and we're thinking like, yo, like, 
it really happened. Like it happened. Like as we as we talked before, like it's one of the happiest moments of my young adulthood. But just like for us to be back to where we were before the Super Bowl, to uh get them next year. Uh we'll get them next year. I don't I don't like what did we have to sacrifice in order to get that Super Bowl? I don't know. What did you say before? Like just like, yo, I'll do this for just 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 to see my team win once. The crazy thing is like that two thousand seventeen season, I was saying like some of the dumbest things ever. I'm like, yo, I'll get uh Eagles tattoo like on my back, my full back if we win the Super Bowl. People was really calling me like, yo, you still getting that tattoo? I'm like, well, no, nah, I didn't think like we was like doing like really doing that. <laughs> like, like no, that's not happening. No, nah, man, that, 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 that that's what it is. You gotta get an Eagles tattoo on your back, other so that way we can be back to being a prominent playoff contender. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know who y'all gonna have to start a GoFundMe for that. I ain't doing that. <laughs> Shoot, it, it, if if first off, speaking of that, you you ever be like on Instagram or like Twitter? It's always like the tattoo I wanted versus the the yeah. tattoo I got. Yeah. Nah, y'all not doing that to me. Like y'all not doing that to me. Y'all not gonna be putting stick figures on my back. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not appreciating that. I'm not doing it for the birds. Absolutely not. They bring me one more Super Bowl, I'll get an Eagles tattoo on my back. All right. Once again you're listening to ninety eight point five WJYN. You're listening to the running back show. Uh, Chris Thomas, Mark Thompson here. We're talking NFL. We're talking Philadelphia Eagles. You wanna give a call? Give them that call number. Join that conversation, 215-763-9596. We still got a whole lot in store for you, recapping the NFL Week 6. We are gonna we got a little uh, a little Sixers all-time, like, worst lineup that we're going to talk about later. And definitely, we're definitely talking about the World Series. The World yep. Series is starting soon. They got the Tampa Bay Moneyball Rays taking on the L.A. Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so to continue on to talk about, you know, Week 6 recast, let's talk about, you know, the – "Quote unquote America's game of the week." Hold on, hold on. Did, did we? Which one was that? What, uh, what was America's game of the week? Uh, you know, you know, Fox. You know, the game that always gets Troy, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. What Dallas? No, not that. Oh. No, Dallas was Monday night, man. Oh, you right. talking about pa- right. uh, talking about Packers and Buccaneers, which oh. turned which well, turned out really good for the Packers, and then all of a sudden it just turned to an absolute yeah, yeah, thirty-eight unanswered points. I know my boy Aaron Rodgers had probably you one of the worst games of his entire when career. When you play like that, you got to call him A.A. Ron because. Yeah, man, you, you <laughs> messed up A.A. Ron. He, he was on some stuff. And I actually, you know, fact check this. This is the third, the third time when he threw that pick six. It was the third time in his entire career where he threw a pick six. Well, oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's actually that's pretty good. Yeah, when you look at the low interception numbers that he had throughout his career, kind of makes sense. Shoot, back when Eli Manning was playing, he averaged about a couple of those a season. Yeah, man. Like three, like three pick six a season. I kind of miss Eli as a giant. I kind of wish he was playing Sunday, uh, Thursday. Oh, don't worry. They got his younger brother, Daniel Johnson. Oh, my gosh. I got to wish he was playing. Yeah, nah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. It's not like Tom Brady played any better, but this is something that we were definitely looking into, the battle of the 12s. I know you and Langston were very high on this, and, it, and of course, how convenient Tom Brady played – I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers played super pedestrian this game going – 16 for 35, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 160 yards. That might have been a schedule loss because yeah. that that was bad. Yeah, but like like you said, like Tom Brady, you know, he did what he had to do. So Ronald Jones like turned Ronald it up on Jones the ground, snapping 113 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and and Gronk had a Gronk game. Yeah, finally, it's about time. That's what actually helped me in fantasy. He got he got me over. I mean, I think I was already up like 20 anyway. Yeah, hold on, we got another caller. Hotline bling. Is it real? Yeah. Oh. 98.5 WJYN. Hello there. Hi. I'd like to to um, 
speak to the uh, to Mark on the radio. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? Hello there. How are you? Where this he is. is Mark West Philly. What's up? What up? What up? What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. We actually just got off your uh, favorite topic with our last caller, the uh, Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. I know you're such a, a Foles guy, the way he's leading that Chicago Bears. You, you got anything to talk about on that one? Absolutely. We should have never let him go. We let the wrong guy go. Tell me why, Tom. Okay, let me tell you, I'll tell you this. Some people come off the bench and they play like gang fires. They're just awesome off the bench. Um, Brady. Brady initially came off the bench and played lights out. Um, uh, what's his name? Bridgewater and yeah. and um, and Carolina came off the bench, plays like fire. Okay. Foles is one of those guys. He doesn't really um, run the show on his own initially, but once he takes over for somebody, it's his. And again, look at Chicago. Look at what he did in Philly. I mean, that's just his his ability. His 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 capabilities are awesome, but he's just not that guy that can start the start. But once he's the starter, because someone gets hurt, he's virtually unstoppable. He's got Brady's number. He does. I tell you, he does. So that, that's that's my thing with with Foles. We got rid of the wrong guy. One one thing I'll say, and you definitely. You know, you bring up very good points. I feel like the way you're approaching it is Nick Foles, he has to start as the underdog. He can't he can't come off. They can't come out and say, hey, Nick Foles is our starter. This is going to be our future quarterback, our franchise guy. He's going to take us to the promised land, this, that, and the third. Like, he has to come off as an underdog. Is that what you're essentially saying? Yes. That makes and sense. And once he does, he's amazing. I mean, I'll give you that. I mean, I, I can't, I can't argue it. And I mean, you're right. Like I said, when earlier, when he went to the Rams, he did absolutely nothing. He was, uh-huh. he was bad. And then also, we just saw this recently when he went to Jacksonville. He did absolutely nothing. So you can, you can, you, you got a, you got a solid point there. Yeah, because every time he starts, like in Jacksonville, he falls on his face and looks horrible. Yeah. You know, and once he's put on the bench, he plays even worse. It's like his spirit is, is lost it's, it's, or whatever. It's gone. It's shot. Yeah. But you have him as the backup, and he takes over. He has no pressure, nobody necessarily watching him. Oh, he's ridiculous. So, and the Eagles knew what he was and still let him go. That's true. So let me ask you this. So that 13-3 and that thirteen and three season when we did finally go to the Super Bowl, does oh, Carson like Wentz that. not get any credit for at least getting us, what, the 12 wins, correct? Yeah, he got a twelve no. wins. No, he didn't get twelve wins. Carson Wentz, yes, he did before he got injured. No, no, he didn't get twelve wins. He got eleven. He got eleven. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but see, the point is this: Do you believe? Let me turn that question around. Do you believe he could have possibly Wentz could have possibly led the Eagles to the Super Bowl and won it? Absolutely, no, with no hesitation. I I believe it in my heart of hearts that he would have definitely won it. It, it might have been even uglier than what it was if Wentz was out there. 
You make me laugh, Wentz, young man. Vince is far <laughs> more superior than laugh. Nick Foles. Are you kidding? Here's the thing. That Atlanta game, Nick Foles really didn't start going until they switched up to an RPO offense until the second half. They ran right. up by a score of 15 to 10. I think Carson. I think Carson could have at least like drove that offense down to at least two scores. And the way that defense was playing, nobody was beating that team in Lincoln Financial Field nope. on their way to the Super Bowl. When they got that pick six with Patrick Robinson, it was all she wrote after that. All I'm saying is this: Carson Wentz got them 11 wins. He got them in position, which all Nick Foles had to do was just be a bus driver to get them to the number one seed. Okay. And I'll give him credit for, you know, that game against, those games against Minnesota and New England because he showed yeah, up. You're missing something. He played games that Wentz doesn't have the experience in playing. He played games and won them. I'm sorry, but Wentz has never done anything when it really comes down to winning big, big games. As a matter of fact, he usually gets hurt when it comes down to the big, big games. No, we need someone like Wentz, I mean, um, Foles, to, to be there to back up someone like Wentz. Okay, but here's the thing. Are you, you're paying $20 million for Nick Foles just to be a backup as an insurance policy for Carson Wentz? And also, let's not ignore, you know, Car- uh, Nick Foles' injury history as well. You know, during that 2013 season, he also got a concussion. The year after that, when he was labeled as a starter, he broke his collarbone as well. And when he yeah. went to Jacksonville, he also broke his collarbone initially, which ended up, even when he came back, got benched again for Garner Minshew. Let's not yeah. ignore, like, the injury history. Wait, wait, wait. See, you're missing two things. The, my premise is simple. If you have him as a starter, he gets hurt, he plays poorly. You have him as a backup, he plays incredibly well. Basically, you just want him back in Philly to be a glorified cheerleader that makes $20 million. Sounds right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I want him as a backup. And frankly, since it's not coming out of my pockets nor yours, True. I don't care what he gets paid. <laughs> I think the bottom line is we want a team that can bring home a Super Bowl. In my lifetime. In my lifetime, mm-hmm. I've only seen that once by one quarterback. Yeah. And we let that guy go. I get it. I do I do get it. Is anything you want to talk about on this, this past Sunday? Anything that, that grinded your gears? It was probably what, Carson Wentz? Let me guess. Well, no, I don't blame Carson Wentz for that. I mean, Carson Wentz, he, he, he played pretty well. Um, I still have some issues with Swartz. If, yeah. If you want to talk about sports, I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. does he ever not give up 20 points per game or 28 points a game? I mean, Swartz might have been there when we won the Super Bowl, but it wasn't because of the defense that we won that Super Bowl. That's true. The off, uh, offense was money, but, yeah, Schwartz, he's – I haven't liked him since – I didn't even like him the Super Bowl year. Because even yeah. prior to that, we, he's always got people 15 feet off. You can run slants and quick plays on us all day. That's how thing, Pittsburgh killed and us. And the thing is, is that even when Jim Schwartz's defense does everything right, when it comes to situational football, they still don't it's perform. Clueless. They can clueless. perform. Our, I, I tell you, our secondary sucks, and I know they've tried to help, but it comes from a great rush that you can make your secondary look good. And we just can't push it all the time. It's just we've had some good guys, but they just can't push that line that well. So I don't know. It's just to me, I would always say that 
our linebacker core under Schwartz has always been lacking. Definitely. And our secondary has always been lacking. Definitely. Yeah, our front four is okay, but they're not. They're not great. They're, I just wish they got to the quarterback more. Like I, I get it. Like your whole thing is about stopping the rush, and yeah, yeah. I get it. But put it on the quarterback. I want our. So I remember defenses growing up. Like people were scared of our defenses. It was a Jim Johnson ran defense. That's what I saw. I want that back here in Philadelphia. It's that was a true definition of Ben. Don't break. Exactly. Oh, like, that was just way too beautiful. soft. That was that was intimidation football. But I, I don't think we'll ever get to see that really come back because of all the the rule changes that they've made. I mean, let's be honest. You, you, we probably did some bounties back then, and, and, you know, we had Waters, who was an amazing, an amazing guy back there in the secondary who would just kill you when, when you caught the ball. But you can't. I don't know. They just can't play the way they used to play anymore. You got to be careful about where your head is. You got to be careful where you hit the other player. You got to be careful about the timing when you hit the other player. They call interference at the drop of a hat now. So it's really difficult for defense to be really that good anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But still doesn't stop teams like Pittsburgh and Baltimore from, you know, getting it down. That's true. Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh, I, I've, I've always admired Pittsburgh because they're the other Pennsylvania team, and I'm from Pennsylvania. But uh, I don't know. They're, they, they, they just don't impress me right now. I, I'm not sure why. I just don't feel them as that great team. With them being 5-0 and and got arguably the best defense in the league? I'm just saying. I'm still looking over at Seattle. I'm still looking at KC. Uh, I, when it comes to defenses, I can't help but – gravitate over there as opposed to Pittsburgh. I just think if the Eagles can come back on Pittsburgh, <laughs> I think anybody can come back on Pittsburgh. I think you're like me when it comes to Pittsburgh. You're sold on their defense. You're just not sold on their offense like holding it up, especially like later on in the season, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I admire Roethlisberger in a way, but he always gets hurt too. I mean, sure. it's yeah. He's just a big baby. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, Tom, thank you so much for the call. You got the number. I appreciate it. Call in any time. Absolutely, I'll man. We appreciate the call. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was great talking to you guys. All right. Have a good one. Right, you too. To, to be honest, I'll, I'll give the Eagles a little bit of credit. Like, you know me. I was just saying, hey, you know, they're still in preseason mode, this, that, and the third. All right. Like, we – all right. We'll – one, four, and one. one. It's horrible. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. So, apparent. So, all right. So the the last week against Pittsburgh, yeah. it we were tw- we scored twenty nine points. Yes. And then the following week, we I mean, which was this week, we yeah. scored twenty eight points. So that's fifty seven points that we put up because against two of the best defenses. The number one and number two best defense. Yeah, so that's something we can build on. So if, if we don't get at least twenty four points Thursday against the Giants, then we got a problem. Like I get it, no Miles Sanders. I know we're not going to have the distraction of Zach Ertz on the field, but that's going to create the unknown. So we should definitely have something. Yeah, but that Miles, that no Miles Sanders is like really huge because you saw like in those these last two weeks. 
the offense really began to, you know, start like going, like trending upwards when Miles Sanders broke off in a big run, which ended up, you know, getting a touchdown. Yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking of Miles Sanders, think about this because we stay away from the run game often, but. If I told you that Miles Sanders was sixth in rushing in the NFL right now, like I, that doesn't even sound realistic. Because it, it's like every time I'm watching, it's like, can we please run? Can we please establish the run? Can we please do this? So that way, if we're establishing the run, we can get the play action going. We can do the rollouts. We can do this. We can get create more opportunities for Carson. Like he's he's sixth in rushing, which he is with 434 rushing yards, only on 71 carries, which is nuts. And then he has three touchdowns. And he's only played in five games. Wow. So he, you're talking about a guy that's getting less than about around like 14 carries a game. Wow, that's that's crazy. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating always like watching this Philadelphia team because it's like we put emphasis on, you know, we put so much emphasis on Carson Wentz and everything, and it's just like frustrating that. We like it's just it's just frustrating at the end of the day to see. Uh, disclaimer, sorry about that. I forgot to connect the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. No worries. But uh, if you haven't paying attention to our YouTube feed, then we're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still uh, talking Philadelphia Eagles, of course. We had a couple nice calls in, so if you guys want to join the conversation, you already know this is WJYN Uptown Radio. The number to join is two one five seven six three nine five nine six. Once again, we want to say sorry for the technical difficulties. But, yeah, back to yeah Miles Sanders. Like, It's kind of funny how every single week he was like, yeah, we want to incorporate Miles Sanders more. Like, why, so why don't you? Right. They, and, and they need to. Like, for, uh, this, is, this is one of the things, right? So when we first hired Doug Peterson, right, I was thinking that the Chiefs were coming off a hot season. Doug Peterson was their offensive coordinator or whatever. Was he their offense coordinator or quarterback's coach? Uh, believe quarterbacks go okay all right so i'm thinking with the hire of that and the chiefs continuing to be just great after we just got rid of chip kelly was like okay this is our way of saying we're sorry that we fired andy so let's try to get somebody close to andy and andy Reid did sign off on it right of course he, he, he green lighted it so i'm thinking with doug peterson coming in i'm like all right so we'll look similar to the chiefs or how the eagles used to look and we have not looked remotely close. I'm thinking, like, okay, we got the screen game back. I'm thinking we got some solid defense back. We we don't even have an identity. We don't ha- we don't strike fear to anybody that comes to Philadelphia whatsoever. Remember when like losing at the link was something that was rare. Yeah. Now like the links don't even get no respect. Yeah. I I don't I don't appreciate that. Not having fans. <laughs> yeah, like, like it, I mean, but even, even still, like the past like couple years, like, and 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 then oh, don't let us wear the black jerseys and lose. We we wear the black jerseys and lose. It's a wrap. I'm I'll, I'll be I'll be upset. We need to, actually we need to wear the black jerseys every game. Yeah, nah, only during the blackouts. But here's the thing though, over the past two years, um, when the Eagles were around like five and six or like f- five and six and like five and seven. You know, when the Eagles' backs are against the wall, for some reason, like Doug Peterson and the rest of this team goes in like survival mode. Yeah. So, I, but I don't. That's what I don't understand. It's like, why do you always want to play from behind? Like, why do you consider yourselves like underdogs? Like, that's the thing. Like, they want to always put themselves in underdog situations. The Patriots don't put themselves in underdog situations. The Patriots is the most constant organization, probably in NFL history at this point. And they never look at themselves as underdogs. They know that they're true leaders and everything. So 
the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles always want to play from behind. and cre- I, I get it. That's what our city embodies, but that's not what the team should embody. So, like I, like I said, similar to, to when Juan called in about the Jets, I also feel like we need more stability, like more stability in our front office to make sure and create that true culture, that winning culture. Because it ain't happening. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's kind of funny. My dad texted me uh, this morning. It's a graphic. The Eagles passed on these wide receivers over the last two drafts. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, McCole Hartman, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Darius Slayton, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, the, sh- um, the rookie receiver from Jacksonville. I'm not going to butcher that man's name. Don't do it. Because I got a lot of respect for him. And Chase Claypool, who yeah. burned us for four touchdowns. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, that's why. That's why I said. That's why I said. It's all good. We got Travis Fogle. Yeah, Fogey. That's my guy. Yeah, man. That's really. That's really Odell under. Yeah, there. man. Fogle mania, baby. That's my guy, Fogey. Yeah. Whenever, whenever Fogey gets a catch. Now, all right. Now that one touchdown he caught, he really dropped that John. It's just he really had no <laughs> choice. It went. It went through his hands. Yeah. Well, those Ravens. Those Ravens defenders are strong, man. He almost caught a hail mary. Like. Yeah. Now nah, Fogey's nice. I, I like that. We're we're building with him. Yeah. Um. But. I've been, like I've been saying it for though. years, though. Like, when it comes to, you know, these wide receivers, I'm like, let the young guys go. Like, there's no benefit for having Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey here. Like, Fulgham, Ward, Hightower. Like, Hightower redeemed himself, like, later during the game with a 50-yard catch. And uh, Jalen Rieger, when he gets back in Dallas, got it. That should be your wide receiver. I completely court. forgot about Jalen Rieger. Like, what's he going to give us? What's um, he going to give us? A deep threat. We'll see. Yeah. We, we don't even throw the ball deep. We don't give Carson Wentz enough time to throw the ball deep. How are we, how, how we going to do that? Because I'm not giving up on him yet. Um, that I'm not necessarily giving up on him. I just don't like the flow of our offense. I don't understand why at one point, it, it's got to be Frank Reich, but I don't understand. At one point, we would come out blazing. Next thing you know, the last two years, we don't even have, we don't score in the first quarter. That doesn't bother you? It does, but the injuries bother me a lot more. Yes. Because uh, it's, it's at a ridiculous rate at this point. You're missing that. four offensive linemen at this point, and then our backup offensive line, right tackle gets hurt. Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous at this point. It, it is absurd. So, all right, so I got I got the schedule up, and you know we love doing this. I just want to see, like, you really think that? So before we went on air, you said what seven? What I said? Okay, I made a bet with Langston. You know, um, wings are on the line on this. Oh, that's major. If wings are on the line. Yeah. So I said, nice. co- hold on, wait. What kind of wings? It's a uh, winner's choice. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. What, what, what's the choice? What kind uh, of wings? I don't know. It depends on how I'm feeling. All right, because I, I know a couple of wing spots that got some real, real solid wings. And, you know what I mean? So if it's winner's choice, you got to break the bank on it. Yeah. All right, so look. This is so what we got. The, you yeah. said what? Six, I, I, eight, and one? He said seven, eight, and one. I said nine, six, and one. No, oh, you didn't say nine. No, this is before the Ravens. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, what so are you thinking now? I still think they can do nine six and one. How? You mean to tell me they got two more losses? That's it. Yeah, two more losses. You got that much faith? Listen, they play the NFC East like five more times. That's at least like five more wins. You would think. Yeah, you bro. I don't know. I. Okay, listen. Just, just humor me. Five wins on the NFC East. No lie, I was going to say that. Okay. I, no, I'm not kidding. This division is the worst. I like I said, we're freaking five, eighteen, and one combined. Yeah, we got the same amount of wins as Pittsburgh and Tennessee. They're five and zero. Oh. Yeah, they got a long way to go. Yeah, so just yeah. All right, so five. All right, so those five wins will be six, four, and one. 
Six, four, and one. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Wow. So, all right. So, we got the Giants next. We're in survival mode right now. The, which they love to be in. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got the Giants next. Okay. Thir- we got them on Thursday. Yeah. After a, sh- after a short week and a loss like that, you would think the Eagles will come out ready and prepared, and it's the Giants. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles, like, grind this one out, kind of like how Dallas did against oh, well, the Giants. Dude, I think the Eagles win, but it'll be a lot more closer to, than what they need it to be. The crazy thing is you say you think the Eagles win like it's a sure thing. Like, well, it, ain't, it ain't a sure thing no more, bro. The Eagles haven't lost to the Giants since 2016. All right. But as bad as we're playing, the Giants are a lot worse for wear. They're missing Saquon Barkley. Their offensive line is still not good. And they're also missing a few top receivers as well. And we just missing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, then we got we got the Cowboys. Yes. What, what are you thinking on that? Yeah, we're winning. You think so? This, this, Andy, this, this offense is DOA without Dak Prescott. Wow. That, that's something I never really expected people to even say. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that now Dak's value is being shown. Yeah. Because they looked atrocious yesterday. They, they absolutely like, did. I didn't see that coming. Not like, like that. Dak masked a lot of things. Like, not only just, like, on the field, but in terms of leadership and accountability. Like, Zeke looked terrible. They Zeke, looked two fumbles? Yeah. Wow. Like, they're all, like, there's no leadership. And, like, you heard, like, Dallas Cowboys players, they're even, like, talking about how there's no even leadership even coming from coaching. Oh, so so yeah. If 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 the players are saying that they're they're a lost. Yeah, so it's a disarray, man. Yeah, they're 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 for sure a lost organization if the players are saying that. All right, so then we got the Giants again. Mm-hmm. You thinking that's another one? Yeah. So you got a three-game win streak coming. Yes. That will get us to four, four and, and one. Slightly above five hundred. <laughs> what a what a joke! <laughs> what a joke! Listen, <laughs> I can't even take this stuff serious right now. It's a freaking joke. Listen, that's why I say humor me, man. Yeah. Then we got the Browns. So, all right. So, all right. So, all right. Hold on. So, I'm going to go back to that Giants game. Let's say all of a sudden Alshon Jeffries on the field. Now, now we got Deshaun Jackson. Like, these guys are getting healthier. And and we still, hopefully, Travis Fulton is still playing great. great and, uh, and let's just say for all intents and purposes, Lee Johnson's ankle is... Not 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 by this Giants game, but like the next Giants game in two weeks, because he's not going to get surgery. He's just going to let it heal on its own. Yeah. So Ma- Miles Sanders will be back. Yeah. Maybe Ertz. I'm good on Ertz though. I like Dallas Goddard. Uh, well, Dallas Goddard should definitely be back by then. He should be. He's scheduled to be back off of IR this week, if not by the Dallas game. The the crazy thing is like think about all the guys that we could have put on IR because IR is different this season. Yeah. Like IR is like IR is it. <laughs> Yeah. Like they should really keep this rule, for sure. Can you can you explain to the people what yeah. the IR rule is this year? Uh, yeah, the yeah the injury reserve rule is pretty much you could put a guy out IR, but that doesn't mean for the end of the season. Yep. It means they're aren't going to be on for at least three weeks, and then by the time they recover, you get to take them off. And before what was it was like six or seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is way better. They got to keep it. They got they have to keep it like this. Yeah, I like this because then you don't have to necessarily like cut guys who are who are valuable or like hang on to guys too long because it's like geez it's been seven weeks that we gotta yeah. hang on to this guy all right so all right hypothetically they're all you know get, we're getting healthier so you think we can we can get the win over the browns miles, miles garrett's scary man that yo that he, he has the highest like sack rate ever anybody in nfl history yeah that, that fool something else yeah man. and you know <laughs> You know it's going to be a Philadelphia Eagles game where Baker all of a sudden gets it together. Ho- hopefully we got Odell by then. <laughs> Keep hearing <laughs> me, man. The real number 13. Oh, my God. Stop it. The real number 13. That's who. That's really who plays for us. That's not Travis Fulton. That's Odell. All right. We are, I'm not, do I need to say the Seahawks? 
No. Okay, cool. Do I need to say the Packers? No. Okay. Do I need to say the Saints? Is Even Saint- though the Saints aren't the Saints, but... Well, the Saints are here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we could beat the Saints. Here's the thing. We went toe-to-toe, and like, we put up points against number one and number two best defense. And we haven't even had close to a full deck. You're telling me at that point we get these guys back on the offensive line, guys on the outside, we can beat the Saints. I hope. Cardinals after that. We can beat the Cardinals. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Cowboys, we should. Yeah, and then Washington. Yeah. So you're thinking we only – so, all right, according to you, okay. Nostradamus, we got uh, two losses left. Yes. Okay. And that gets us to nine six and one, <laughs> and that gets me my wings. <laughs> Wangs. <laughs> Yo, you're crazy. I don't. I don't know. Listen, man. Listen. I, I don't. I've, I've, I. I think this is the first time in my life where I've like legit lost faith. Like I'm not even rocking like my Eagles hoodies during game day anymore. I'm not like posting like like after every game, no matter what, win or lose, I'm on. Social media, like, oh, Eagles game. Honestly, day. that only happened to me um, two times throughout the entire Eagles tenure. Number one was the first time was 2005. Uh, after we went to the Super Bowl with Taron Lawrence, you know, Taron Lawrence then got suspended. Donovan McNabb got hurt. Westbrook got hurt. Was it like three and thirteen or something bad? No, we were six and ten. Mike okay. McMahon had to finish the season. Yeah, it was bad. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not watching okay. this. This is completely unentertaining. And the second time was with Chip Kelly's last year here. That was bad. I, it was it. It pained me to watch those games. It pained me to watch Sam Bradford with those stupid long sleeves suit <laughs> up every Sunday. I hated Sam Bradford. And the way that we used DeMarco Murray, that will always just bring source to my eye. Listen, we're sorry, but you got paid handsomely for that. But uh, I'm I'm sorry for the way you know Chip Kelly used you. I'm sorry. What a bum. <sighs> Any anywho, you might Any, we are we done with the Eagles? Yeah, we're. we're but I'm we're done. done. We're I'm, done. I'm done. Can can you pull up the list of NFL games? Let's talk about that. We already talked about Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Wait, Green Bay and Tampa Bay? Yeah. I almost confused myself. <laughs> we yeah, already but, talked about the Packers. Yeah, but the yeah, Bucks. that that pass rush for you know Tampa Bay was definitely on display, man. Yo, it, definitely. JPP man. still got it. Yeah, JPP Nadama Kasu still got it. <laughs> yeah, and this is all with uh, Vita Vea, you know, getting you know out for the season with a torn ACL last week against um, Chicago. But yeah, that that front seven is. An absolute like terror to watch. Imagine if these dudes like JPP and Sue were like in their prime. Listen, like, listen, man, listen. The way that they're suited up right now, listen, they, they might have a second prime. Like we're, right at this point. Yeah. So like Antoine Winfield Jr. Like like he's been definitely coming along, definitely as a rookie. Solid. Yeah. Um, I've always been impressed by the linebacker court. Like Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Devin White. Their front seven was always impressive for me. It's just the fact that now that. They turned the ball over at a ridiculous rate last year, you know, with Jameis Winston. Yeah. And with Tom Brady now, it's like you now have, like, a steady hand. He's not going to, you know, force anything that isn't really that – that he's not going to force anything really there as yeah. opposed to, like, Jameis Winston. So it's a much, you know, better turnaround. Listen, I, I might be wrong about – I'm I'm going to say on the record I was wrong about Tampa Bay. Yeah, you I might just, be. I had them at 9-7, and seven and they might yeah. – honestly, they're looking like the best team in the NFC South right now. On the low, actually, that's not a surprise. I mean, that's what I mean. I didn't expect really the Saints to be struggling like this bad. Uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I just, had, let's put it like this I have more faith in Tom than Drew Brees. That, that's me. That's and then you give him Gronk, even though Gronk, like no, I said, my, just had his first 
extra but game. The perception for me is that, you know, with this, you know, being a season in which you really don't have like a full training camp, you don't have, you know, like full like preseason of games, you know, to get reps in, yeah. the teams with continuity would definitely shine more as opposed to, you Fair. know, teams just, you know, just going, just finally just coming together, you know, just a week before. Fair. But the Saints, uh, listen, they may have won that game um, against the Chargers, but they barely beat out the Chargers. I, the fact that this team and this offense really looks this loss without one player and Michael it's Thomas, bad. it's it's really bad. Yeah, and this is to be honest, I can't even think of a time where like Drew Brees never really had like a top wide receiver, and it's kind of showing a little bit. He's all they, the Saints have always at least given him guys to throw to. Yeah, Marcus. Like, yeah, Mar- Marcus Colston, yep, Joe Horn. Yep, he's all he's always had guys. Jimmy Graham in his prime. Yes, he's always had guys to throw to. So. This is interesting to see. Yeah. No, nah, like I said, my man, I can like I, I've always said it. Tom Brady is he's Thomas again. I mean, no, he's Tom, not Thomas anymore. Now that he's hooping. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Broncos Patriots uh, came in, came back, but they didn't really do much. Yeah. They, they didn't do much at all. Like, and then their facility was just closed, so I was shocked to see them even still like their game played on yeah. time. I just from. <laughs> Yeah, don't you think it's kind of weird that in for NFL that was like, you know what, you know, we got this, all this COVID testing and like some people came positive like on the day before, but you know what, no, like it's all good. Like we did pop, we did testing today. Zero of these people who are playing today came back pop, came back with like negative testing, and we're gonna play. But meanwhile, a regular person has to go into two week quarantine. Yeah, be yeah, because you know why they generate more money than we do. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. So they're gonna be out there regardless. Even honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if there's people out there playing with COVID. They want their money. Bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they want their money. Yeah. Uh, Titans uh, beat the Houston Texans in overtime. Derrick Yo. King that, Henry. That game right there. Yeah. That boy, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Boy. Boy. What was it? 264 yeah. total yards. Yeah. One of them came from a, a big chunk of his yards came from a 94-yard touchdown. Yo, I didn't even think he had that in him. Like I, I I know he can I know he's a bruiser. He's, he's good for one of those a year. Like you should have seen uh, two few years ago. He had a ninety nine yarder against Jacksonville on Thursday night. Yeah, like but the thing is, like you know how like in Madden when you when they at least get down like the, to the twenty like the big guys and they just start getting all tired. <laughs> like yeah. no, he he was cool. He wasn't playing around. But also outside of that, like big shouts out to Ryan Tannehill. Four touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. Three hundred sixty four yards. Yeah. That now that's a game that for me in my opinion for him, I'd say that's like a statement game because I'm I'm one who definitely doesn't give him any credit like I, everything is Derek absolutely for uh, me. yeah Ryan Tannehill's definitely turned the bus over yeah no and, he has and AJ Brown caught two touchdowns which yeah, which is big yeah so like over for the season now um 809 yards six touchdowns one interception uh, 105.8 quarterback rating 67 percent completion percentage. He's having a really good year. Uh, yeah, he's having a great year so far. He the Titans is. are undefeated. You know, the plethora of, you know, the weapons that they have in Tennessee. They're not world beaters, but they get the job done. They do get it done. And yeah, shout man. out to Mike Vrabel because yeah. he's got these guys playing very well. Yeah, the best of, you know, that Belichick coaching tree. Yeah, he, he yo, he's 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 bright. Is I wouldn't I wouldn't even necessarily say that he's bright. He just does what he gotta do to win. Yeah. Like thinking thinking last year where he was getting those uh those penalties on purpose so time can run out. Yeah. Like, all right. Traditionally like, oh, you don't do that, but okay, time's still running. Why not? <laughs> like what what are you gonna do? Yeah. 
the Giants beat the football team to get their first win of the season. Dang, you wasn't going to talk about your boy Deshaun Watson? Real quick, you was flying. He, I mean, they lost. Yeah, they, they lost. He played good. Yeah, he did. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but <laughs> it looks, but, but Houston definitely looks a lot more energized and much with more. Their, yeah, their new coach. Yeah. Who is their coach now? I believe it's Romeo Cornell. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. It's He's Romeo their temporary Cornell. head coach. Dang, he's still getting checks. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, the Giants beat, you know, the Washington football team. And, we can uh, skip that. For yeah. For <laughs> so, this is this was an interesting game, the Bengals and the Colts. The Bengals were up 21 nothing at one point. The yeah. Colts came back and outscored them 31-6, to sure and the did. Colts are now 4-2 or four and two on the season. Yep. But Phillip Rivers is – He played a good game. Yeah. He had a, he played a Phillip Rivers game. It took him long enough. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, like you said, maybe uh, these guys just jumping right into the season. They have their moments. I'm thinking the guys who are ready will will be ready. But Philip Rivers finally had an awakening game. It took him long enough. Um, even though Joe Burrow's game wasn't like crazy amazing, one thing I've noticed about his stats is that Cincinnati just lets him play. Like he, there, there's no holding this kid back. I mean, he just he just slings it. Like he, the the amount of attempts that he's had on the season already is like absolutely crazy like he just he's just throwing it like he's had so he's he's never had less than 30 attempts in each each of his games so far mm. that's that just shows you how the confidence they have in him like first game 36 attempts uh then against cleveland he had 61 against us he had 44 uh and that game went to overtime exactly then also a win against jacksonville 36 Against Baltimore, he had 30 attempts, and in the most recent one, he had 39 against the Colts. So, shouts out to Joe Burrow, even though, I mean, he ain't doing much, but he's doing what he can. Yeah. Yeah, he's showing that he's definitely the quarterback that they need. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Falcons finally get their first win. It's about doggone time. After yeah. after Matt Ryan was on the trading block, he goes for four touchdowns, <laughs> 371 yards. Daniel Jones finally gets to the end zone for the first time this year. Not only the first time, he scored twice. Yeah. That never happens. Yeah. It's, it's crazy as great as Julio is. Like, he has, like, no touchdowns. Yeah, he's allergic to touchdowns. He just doesn't get them. Can't sniff them whatsoever. I actually – I was really high on Atlanta, like – before the season started, because I just like the fact that they had Todd Gurley. So I'm like, look, they'll have more opportunities in the red zone because I don't know why with all the weapons that they have, they can't score touchdowns. But they ain't have no problem scoring touchdowns against Minnesota. But um, one person, I'm, I'm always going to talk about it. I don't care because the Eagles just keep making terrible decisions. Justin but Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 166 reception yards, two touchdowns, 11 targets. He's essentially catching everything thrown his way. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's just gonna ride down there with Kirk Cousins. He looking good. He's he, what if he what if he makes the Pro Bowl this year? I mean, that that's fine, but they're still gonna be going like what like well, three or thirteen. It's canceled anyway. I just just want to point this out real quick. So he's fifth in reception yards, and he's uh and he has three touchdowns on the season. This guy's a rookie, and the Eagles passed up on him. I'm not gonna let it go. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, Bears continue. You know the strong start. They're five and one. The Bears. Uh. uh Beating Carolina on the score of twenty-three to sixteen. Uh, let's see, the Lions get their second win of the season, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-four to sixteen. DeAndre Swift finally had like a, a breakout game. Wow, uh, the sad fact that the Lions have a better record than us is a joke. <sighs> yeah, it was worse. It's, 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 it's yeah, welcome to two thousand and twenty. Twenty, like, what can you really like? You, there's nothing that surprises me at this yeah. point. Yeah, and you know. 
Uh, Steelers and Browns, which was, you know, a real game to monitor this week. You know, Steelers blew the doors off the Cleveland Browns this week. Baker Mayfield was uh, got benched also for Case Keenum uh, midway through the end of the game as well. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool had another great game. I picked him up. He just sat on my bench, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, speaking of that, like, speaking of on the bench, you see how, like, disgusted Odell looked while he was on the bench? Yeah. He, you know, like I said, we got to get him here. He don't want to play for that team. He probably never wanted to play for that team. Nope. I'll give up everything for Odell. Listen, just because because the fact that you want it to happen means it's never going to happen. I know. It's just Philly. He's either going to be a Patriot or or probably a Seahawk. Yo, if he goes to the Seahawks, well, you know, the Seahawks is my second team anyway. So if he goes to the Seahawks, we win in any, you know, we, we out here. Okay. Anyway. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, blanket the Jets, 24-0. Jets are still on track to get the number one overall pick. And Tua Tagovailoa is officially now will be starting as the court, as the franchise quarterback. Say that name three times in a row. Tua Tagovailoa, Tua Tagovailoa, Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, you got it. I ain't even going to try it. <laughs> I, just, I just say Tua. Yeah, but he's going to be the starting quarterback when week eight comes around. And props to him. Um, yeah, he had well. a serious injury in Alabama, um, fought his way back, became a top ten pick, and now, you know, the Dolphins they're second in the AFC, sec- AFC East now, and with you know Buffalo losing back to back games, they could potentially win this division. Yeah. Depending on how Tua plays, uh, we talked about you know the Jets and uh, Packers and Buccaneers, uh, Sunday Night Football, Jared Goff and you know. Jared Goff and company was neutralized by, you know, the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are back on the winning track. And, um, you know, the the Monday night games. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs uh, Chiefs beat the Bills. The Bills' defense looked garbage yesterday. It, it, it didn't really do much. It's crazy. Like, it, I guess that's a, a testament to how great that Chiefs' offense is because Patrick Mahomes, 21 for 26, 225 passing yards, two touchdowns. I but mean, that's not even the bigger story. Clyde Edwards, <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire just absolutely just killed. Went. And then she's offensive line completely dominated. Absolutely. Because, you know, Le'Veon Bell coming. He's trying to secure his. Yeah, back. I'm just like, he's like yeah, uh, yeah. So he's like, wait, hold on. Le'Veon Bell coming? Like, why y'all sign a running back? I'm, I'm going to show y'all why y'all shouldn't sign a running I'm back. Why, why, why you guys got a running back? Because you haven't done anything since week one. Yeah, no, not at all. And then, and then Josh Allen, he didn't have, like, one of his typical games, but he's, he, I still like Josh Allen. I think he's solid. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he's just dope overall. Listen, you're just listen, listen, you're allowed to have bad games when you're a young quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Listen, it, it happens. And the Cardinals um, blow out the ooh. Dallas Cowboys. We want to talk about, ooh, that one was ugly. Like, yeah, and once again, you listen to Uptown Radio, WJYN 98.5. Mm-hmm. That number to join the conversation, 215-763-9596. Recapping week six of the NFL schedule. Also talked about the Philadelphia Eagles. Up next, we're going to talk a little uh, World Series because that starts this evening. And we got a little all-time Sixers worst lineup that we're going to talk about as well. <laughs> Boy. But, yeah, that, that like, I watched uh, about, like, one half of that game, and I was just – I had to turn it off. You know, some things bring me joy. And one of the things that brings me joy is watching the Cowboys get beat down the way they, they got beat down. Like it was just it was just satisfying. It made me feel good. I didn't I didn't think that they would just be this big. It made me feel good because it made Jerry Jones look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Because you bought an Andy Dalton to scare Dak Prescott, but in the end Who are you scared of? <laughs> 
Dude's like, yeah, listen, I don't got to pay you. I got a former Pro Bowl quarterback. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah, no, nah, you just to better hope it doesn't get to that. And now the fact that it's gotten to that, you're now seeing, you know, you know, CD Lamb is really not as, it's not as prominent. You're not seeing, you know, Amari Cooper is not as prominent. I Zeke mean, you still got an end zone, Amari Cooper. Yeah, in garbage time. Yeah, I mean that's what. That I mean, I mean for fantasy purposes, sure, yeah, but overall, like. You can just tell that the morale of that entire offense was down. The entire team was down. And this Dallas defense, once again, like, it, it wasn't good. It yeah. still continues to be god-awful. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake had a big game. Christian Kirk had a major, like, 60-yard 60-yard-plus catch, you know, to get into the end zone. Kyler Murray was only 9 of 24. He didn't even have a good game. He no. ran. He definitely he, he ran a lot, yeah. but... He didn't have a good game, but but no, shout out to the Arizona rushing attack. They had 261 passing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, I, I mean rushing yards, rushing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, yeah, I mean, he don't need to throw that well if they if the run game is acting like that. Absolutely. Just. And it's, he's, he, it just still amazed me how he's able to find Hopkins with no problem. Yeah. Even though he only had nine, uh, what's it called? I'm I just I just had a brain cramp. Even though he had uh, only nine reception. I don't know, dog. Nine receptions. No. What did he have? He had he had two no he had two receptions. I'm sorry, he had um, nine completions. Yeah. Kyler Murray nine and twenty four. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think listen. I think Dallas will you know still get some you know some more victory wins you know within the division. Probably hope and you know they make once again make my prediction go right except against us. Hopefully not against yeah, us. Yeah, but. You look at the rest of the schedule, you know, they still got the Steelers, still got the Ravens. Yeah, it's usually flipped. I feel like we always get, like, the tough schedule in the beginning, and then everybody that yeah. we face in the beginning, Dallas plays at the end, so it's designed for Philly and Dallas yeah. to and this, and so And they got the 49ers coming out, the Seattle Seahawks, and they've already lost, you know, twice to NFC West teams. So I don't think it's going to get any better. The way that Dallas is, man, it's equal terrible. Yeah, and let me. Let there's me, no leadership there, and there's none. It, it's bad, and and it's crazy because like, I like Zeke. I do like Zeke, but he. I feel like he's not playing with it right now. He's not playing with the passion. No. I don't know if he's affected by, you know, the thought of, you know, COVID, how the games are going, like the organization, the dysfunction. Like, I don't. I don't really know what's affecting. Or maybe Zeke. he just got his money. Right. He. Yeah. Probably. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. When you get money like that. Like yep. Before we move on, I wanted to ask you this. Shoot. I got three teams here, the three remaining undefeated teams. Yeah. All right? We got Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Seattle. Like, my question is, like, who's who's sustaining? We got to – I want to just know who's sustaining this. Because to to be honest, in the past I might have messed around and been like Tennessee not doing it, but they're looking well balanced and well coached, so I could kind of see them. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be undefeated, absolutely not, but I could see Tennessee still making damage. Like I could yeah. see them if it comes down to them facing the Chiefs, I wouldn't be shocked if like an AFC title game or something like that, or or, or a divisional game. I would not be shocked if Tennessee won. Here's the thing. I believe the Steelers and the Titans play each other this week. So mm. one of them is going to get knocked off. As far as Seattle's concerned. It's Pittsburgh, in my opinion. That ain't even no hesitation. Yeah. 
as because they technically should have a loss against us. Yeah, they should. But and that, and that was a BS game. Yeah, but as far as Seattle goes, uh, they take on the Cardinals and then they they have to play away within the division. So they got the Cardinals coming up. They got the 49ers. They got Buffalo, the Rams, and the Cardinals again. So that's those five. aren't, in my opinion, those are not easy games. No, that's five. Those are one, two, three, four. Those are five straight games with teams over five hundred. Yeah, those so are. the way that Russell's playing at a ridiculous rate right now, but that defense is like still putrid, even with even if you get jo- J- Jamal Adams back. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be able to sustain it. But even though Seattle's the king of winning one score games, but. If I had to put my money on somebody, you know what? I'm going to go bowl. I'm going to say Tennessee knocks off uh, the Steelers this weekend. Mm, okay. That's not bad. Shoot. Yeah. I might I might have to bet the money line on that one. Depends on who the money line favors. Yeah. You know you know, you know know me. Yeah, man. <laughs> but you know what? In my opinion, with the schedule that you have up with Seattle, I tell you one thing. If, uh, let's say, Seattle goes 3-2 and two through that, that little bulk right there. Yeah. I still like that's enough to solidify him as the MVP. Absolutely, that's it, a tough stretch. It doesn't matter in the losses; it's all it's how you perform also during it as well. That's I true. think Russell, will, like Russell, doesn't matter what the opponent is. He's still gonna he's still gonna get his, and he's still gonna you know put them in the best position to win. He gonna eat. Yeah, let Russ cook. Mm-hmm. But listen, I still think at this point, especially the way that Rodgers played against Tampa Bay, at this point, it's Russ's MVP to lose. Yeah. But because Rodgers already he just showed his hand. Yeah. And and Lamar Jackson, he ain't he looking a little shaky. Yeah. Well, Lamar's not putting up, you know, those those numbers that he had last year. They're you know? trying to change him. And that's what I, I thought that they were going to build off of what they started with him last season and not try to do that. And then, boom, look what's happening. Yeah. The running attack is still strong, but they're bottom five in passing. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from the NFL to now the World Series. Yes. And this is a typical, you know, underdog storyline. You know, you got the money ball, you know, Tampa Bay Rays uh, taking on, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers. It'll be the first time since 2013 where both number one seeds will face off in the World Series. Wow. That's actually interesting because baseball, they produce the most champions. So finally seeing both number one seeds showdown in the World Series. Should yeah. be nice. I'm I'm kind of interested to see how the uh, first game goes, just for uh, <laughs> betting purposes. So, yeah. So you know, I'll be paying attention to uh, Clayton Kershaw tonight because he's taking the mound. Yeah. So it'll be Kershaw versus uh, Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. And man, listen, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh fans, about that. At least you have Chris Archer. Oh, oh. <laughs> but listen, this World Series, like after you know doing all the research and you know rewatching all the games and you know their past to get there, at this point. The Dodgers have to win this. The Dodgers got solid pitching. They do. I, I, that's one thing about the Dodgers, man. I tell you that. Like, after the struggles that the Phillies had this year, the one thing that they got is they got some pitchers that can throw some heat. Yeah, you know. Uh, they got Walker Bueller, you know, Dustin Mays. Um, you know, Kershaw has been um, dealing with, you know, back injuries. But, yeah. you know, Kershaw still Kershaw. You know, every great, and he's had a Hall of Fame career. And to be honest, when I think about Clayton Kershaw, I think about him and Madison Bumgarner, mm. about how they're polar opposites. Oh, yeah. Bumgarner is a guy when you look in the when you look in the regular season, he's always gonna have, you know, those mid to high, you know, three ERAs. But when the postseason comes around, he's lights out. He looks like Sandy Koufax. Well, I'm not gonna say that. He's he's in the 
Baumgartner has his own legacy in the postseason. He'd be pitching. Yeah. Kershaw, on the other end. Yeah. He just. Yeah. He'd be folding. Yeah. He'd definitely be folding. Yeah, ninety-eight point five WJYN. Yes, this is Julian. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on, Julian? Not much, not much. Just here chilling. Oh, you guys ready for this game one? Yeah, I am, man. I listen. No matter what, I always watch these World Series, and I can, not gonna lie, I haven't been excited for a World Series of uh, this caliber since uh, the Cubs and the Indians. I'm I'm excited just for uh, Clayton Kershaw because I always like to pick him when it comes down to uh, getting my bets ready, seeing if he'll go over and un- over or under with the strikeouts tonight, and you know, low extra prop bet get that win. I hope Kershaw can pitch. He needs to redeem himself. Look, he gets a pass for the Houston World Series because clearly they cheated. We all know what happened with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but needless to say, I'll be the first to admit he hasn't been the most dependable when it comes to the postseason. Although he has gotten better, he needs he needs a win. He needs a big win, he and does. he needs to win like a convincing win. Exactly. Listen, if Justin Verlander can get over that hump, maybe Kershaw can too. There you go. He needs to. Otherwise, he's going to be the best season pitcher. He's going to be another Peyton Manning. Ah, yeah. Except Peyton Manning at least won, what, I would say one Super Bowl himself. Yeah. The other one, we all know Denver defense was incredible, but he would be the the Peyton Manning of pitching. He is great in in the season, and then when it comes to the postseason, it's just like he's a rookie. Yeah. Hey, Julian, uh, I was just talking about you know the the diff the difference of night and day between you know Clayton Kershaw and like Madison Bumgarner, and but I just wanted to know like how do you feel you know watching you know your Dodgers after all these years you know get to this point only to, you know, not get the job done. But meanwhile, over in the Bay Area, you watch a guy, Madison Bumgarner, who's not even close to being, you know, that postseason, you know, uh, that regular season juggernaut that Kershaw is. But when the lights are on in the postseason, he just turns into a different beast. It's frustrating because it's like, okay, he gets by through the season, they get into the postseason, and he turns into this pitching god. You know, and I, it's, it's, it's like, it is, like you said, it's night and day. It's like they switch positions when it comes to the postseason. So it is frustrating, especially when they've gotten it done several years and, you know, finished it. So Kershaw definitely needs this to separate himself from Bumgarner, even though he probably might not catch him in the rings. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at this point, we should, we should have at least two of them. Yeah. By now, but of course, we all know what happens. It's let it out, man. I, <laughs> yeah, go I ahead. Just want, I just I want Kershaw to, and not just I want the entire team because the city of LA has been going through this uh, <laughs> just just this frustration that we're so good that we make it through the play. You know, we make it through the playoffs. We get to the World Series, and then we just. I don't know. We become a a team of rookies. We just can't get it done. Like we have one team that that gets it done every, at least once every decade. Yeah. Yeah. And to now, and then we have this the Dodger team. I mean, 
I'm trying not to cuss. It could be uh, worse. You could be the Clippers. Oh, let's not even. They don't. <laughs> mm, it could be much not. worse. Or you could be the you're, Angels. You're about, to go, you're about to have me on a tangent right now, but I'm gonna keep it just about the baseball. That's but okay. At least, at least the Kings brought a ring, a title to LA. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever in LA, you think this is a Laker town? There are more Dodger fans than there are Laker fans. Oh, I, I believe that. Yeah. You know, and it's it would be pandemonium if they were to win the World Series, and if LA had to endure having not only one but two of their biggest pro sports teams yeah. win in the same season in the same year, it would be again pandemonium. It would be ridiculous. So. Oh yeah. I think LA needs this needs the Dodgers to win <clears throat> because they can depend on the Lakers at least for one title in a decade. That's yeah. but true. But the Dodgers, it's been 30, what, 33, 32 years? Since 88, yeah. It's it's time. It's been time. Yeah, man, they're overdue. But yeah, I have to say this. This is probably the best overall Dodgers team that you know I've seen. You know, you still got Corey Seager. You know, you got Mookie Betts over mm-hmm. from uh, – from uh, from Boston, you know, you know our boy Miguel is kind of still a bit sore about that. Uh, you got Bellinger, <laughs> Matt Muncie, Will Smith, and you know you got coming off the bench. You got Kiki Hernandez. You got Jock. You got Jock Peterson. Uh, you got like a really good pitcher staff as well. And the thing is about even with all that money, most of those most of the guys that you have they're homegrown, and then you pay those guys. Yep. So yeah, the fact that you guys are you know make smart you know acquisitions and also you know homegrown talent because every single year you get these. New guys on the block, you know, Bellinger and Seager, they're in the MVP race and also the rookie of the year race as well. Honestly, I'm a little jealous as a Phillies fan, honestly, because we still can't get our farm system right. Please. <laughs> they're not even remotely close. Yeah. It, it, it's the luck of the draw. I mean, remember what we remember the, the, the crap show that we had before Magic's group bought the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, we were talking – I mean – his wife was taking money out of the out of the ball club. Jeez. At some point, the players didn't know if they were going to get paid. Luckily, this man apparently had hidden assets, mm. and so he was able still to play, uh, pay his players and still sell the team and make a profit. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, it was so we even if it's a seven game series, which I know LA does not need right now. I don't need that. <laughs> that's just. That's anxiety. Every, that's anxiety for the next almost two weeks. Yeah, but to be honest, happened. though, Julian, the anxiety it wouldn't be that high, especially the Lakers coming off that win. Now, if the Lakers messed around and lost, all right, it might be at an all-time high. But I still think like the people might be somewhat neutral if the Dodgers don't pull it out. For for your sake and and Dodger Nation, I'm hoping they pull it out because it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah, exactly. But honestly. I got a te- I got a text from my brother today. He's just like, man, I can't I I can't go another year with this. I can't have another <laughs> World Series flop. He he's he's stressed about it. Yeah. I mean, for Dodger for Dodger fans, yeah, they're Laker fans, but this is again a whole another monster. Yeah, I feel like if the Dodgers, you know, don't clinch it now, then I feel like you know that's it because. When you look at Atlanta, like even though they kept all the talent that they did from the Super Bowl run, they never fully recovered mentally 
from that standpoint of blowing that 28 to 3 lead. But, you know, you got Kershaw on the mound tonight going against Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow um, has been really strong this postseason, especially yeah. against like a, 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 a vaunted Yankees lineup, you know, with Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton, and then, you know, against the, uh, against the Astros. He's been redeeming himself as well. But, like I said, like the Dodgers and the Rays, like in terms of pitching, uh, they match up both well, but you guys definitely have the advantage in the offense. So if I had to make my pick right now, I'd probably pick Dodgers in six. So how do you feel? How many how many games do you feel like they, they need to do to, you know, finish off the race before you, you know, turn that panic button on? And I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be a real realistic. I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. You you always you always have to give your opponent, no matter who it is, unless it's Boston, you give them their <laughs> a level of respect. You give them a level of respect. Um, so I, I will say Tampa Bay Rays, and I'll say the Dodgers in seven. But, you know, I w- again, I'm giving the team the respect that they do deserve. I mean, it's not easy getting to the postseason. Look what Miami just did. Yeah, nobody expected them to do what they did. They went through two juggernauts in the East, and they came out and played the Lakers. Sure, even the Miami Marlins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're it's LA versus Florida again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Funny enough, I want to, I want to say Dodgers in seven. The fanboy me will say it kind of agrees with you, Chris. Dodgers in six, because I. Ra- the Rays are way too talented to not get a win in. Yeah. To get one or two wins in. Yeah. You know, so I I want to say Dodgers and uh, Dodgers and seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was six. All right. And uh, all right, Julian. Uh, thanks for the call. But real quick before I let you go, uh, I'm going to switch it over a little to NBA real quick. What are your thoughts about the Chris Paul trade rumors to the Lakers? I'm. My only thing about that 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 trade is. Chris Paul is getting $43 million this season. Next season, it goes up to $47. I mean, Chris Paul on a one-year deal, and he wants $38 million, fine. Give him the money. He'll pop. He would help. I mean, if we're not getting Rondo back because he's testing free agency, then I would say definitely go for, for Chris Paul. But we have to give up assets to take Chris Paul off OKC's hand and then we have to pay him forty three million being being I mean he makes I'm I I'm for it and against it at the same time because the money is what really me holding holding me back from getting him. I was talking to some friends earlier. Getting Derrick Rose would be a lot better than getting Chris Paul. Okay. Well I understand that but yeah, because Derrick Rose is, isn't the floor general, but then we already have a floor general in LeBron. So what we really need is just that third consistent score. Yeah, KCP he might be gone, but he was fantastic in the finals. But he's not that third reliable score that you expect to have during the season. That was going to be Kuzma, but you know he can be shipped off somewhere now i'm i'm over it i'm over him but we need a consistent third score and i think derrick rose being where he's at in his career now kind of humbled himself 
He ha- his jumper is a little bit better. Of course, he doesn't have that explosiveness that he used to have. But I think being being in there and being that a consistent third score that can put up 18, 20 points a night, I'd be happy with it. Plus, he's a lot cheaper. All right. Uh, he's cheaper. Yeah. All right, I'll join once again. Thanks for the call, and uh, good luck to your Dodgers. Thank you, man. You guys take it easy. Take it easy, Julian. Take it easy. And, uh, you know, just to close up the World Series talk, uh, the biggest X factor for me for both teams, uh, one is the obviously Clayton Kershaw, uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, you know, obviously with the back injury. If he's able to pitch well, um, just just give him, like, five strong innings because they have a really good bullpen as well. Yeah. If they could just get to that point, then I think the Dodgers would definitely be good seating. Let me ask you this, though. Coming off his last game, he got rocked. You think you think uh, that's going to rock his confidence at all? You th- or you think he'll be at ready to go lights out? Because that last game against Atlanta, he's looking real <sighs> shaky. The smart money never bets on Kershaw in the postseason. But I it's just know. like how can you not? It's just yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing. It's like how can you not? Yeah, but if Kershaw struggles, then maybe you can have like Julio Horace who's the long. Um, any reliever come off, maybe like he can give you a few innings. But that Dodger offense is just you're never out of the game with that amount of firepower. No. So <laughs> but listen, I just don't see how the Rays are gonna win or it's gonna be uh uh just gonna keep up offensively. I mean Randy uh Rea, um he's been, you know, lights out the postseason as well. Three point two eight batting average, seven home runs, ten RBIs. Also Manuel Margaret uh, there's also been on pace as well, you know, five home runs, 11 RBIs. But when you take a, a Rosaria's, you know, production, they bat a one, they have a 1.3 batting average without him. So yeah, he's doing everything for them. Doesn't he have uh, what? How many how, how many home runs in the past? Uh, seven home runs and 10 RBIs. Yeah. First, uh, um, first in home runs, uh, second in RBIs. Yep. But when you look at that offense, you know, Mookie Betts, um, he's been playing like a man possessed. He's also has, you know, that World Series experience also with Boston and been able to transfer with the Dodgers as well. Corey Seager, Bellinger, this is way too much firepower. So I like a good underdog story. Um, one of the, the 2015 Royals was probably one of my, you know, favorite. You that know, was student. fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Joe Bland, you know, former Phillies, you know, Danny Duffy, Wade Davis, Johnny Cuto, uh, Eric Hosmer. Uh, Alcides Escobar, you know, th- that was one of my favorite teams, you know, when the Phillies haven't been to the postseason for that long, you, you get, you, you adopt a new team. So the Royal, that, <laughs> that Royals team was, you know, very fun to watch, you know, they play small ball, you know, they weren't very expensive, but they hit the ball well, they play uh, really good, you know, on the baselines and had a really strong bullpen. They've but, been super mediocre since. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's that, that's what happens with uh, small mar- small market teams. Yeah, th- and that's another reason. That's why I said I said it earlier. I respect baseball because like it's so unpredictable. Like if if you were to just say like, oh, who's going to win the World Series? I'd say people who aren't like your regular baseball fans, they're all going to come out and say, oh, oh, it's the Yankees. Like everyone's going to go with the Yankees. But like to be honest, when was the last time the Yankees won? Two thousand nine. Yeah, exactly. So what 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 my point being said is just like baseball it's so unpredictable you never know who's going to win yeah and for the Phillies to just squander away an opportunity like this on a shortened season yo we might have had like 100 losses if we played a full season uh yeah especially with this bullpen was playing yeah oh man listen they, that's a that's another topic for another time but overall I'm I'm picking Dodgers in 6 what's yours um 
This is interesting. I'm 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 only rocking with the Dodgers because uh my late great uncle Preston that was his squad, and when I was like super into baseball, we would always talk trash when you know Philly, Phillies and Dodgers would have their little showdowns and everything, and the Dodgers would always get the best of us. Yeah. So I'm I've been wishing for one ever since he passed, and I'm gonna keep on wishing for him. Yeah, man, blessing. That will make him happy. Yeah, I'm man. going with the Dodgers. I'm gonna say um. I'm gonna say Dodgers and I'm gonna go with Dodgers and six as well. And right. Kershaw is gonna get that win tonight. He's gonna have that signature moment. Okay. It's long overdue. All right, and uh, moving on. So from the World Series to now, just a little fun topic at six thirty. Once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio WJYN, the Running Back Show on ninety-eight point five WJYN. Mark, you wanna get that call number for anybody to join the discussion? Phone number to join the discussion, two one five seven six three nine five nine six. We had quite a few callers today, so definitely uh shouts out to the callers who called in. We had Juan. We had Juan, Thomas, and Julian. So shouts out to you guys. Lines are wide open, so give us a call, join the conversation. Yeah. And uh, if any Sixer fans are, you know, tuning in right now, we got the topic just for you. Our all-time <laughs> Sixers disappointment lineup. Oh, my God. This freaking scrubs. Yeah, just. Scrubs, scrubs, scrubs. Uh, so, all right. We, we, we'll posi- are we going to start with positions or we're going players first? Well, listen, it's the era of positionalist basketball, so. That, that's true. All right. So, for me, my the first, my disappointment, hmm, this, this may come to a surprise. To a lot of people, okay. With my basketball knowledge now, I truly understand this player yes. and the type of player that he was and became, et cetera, et cetera. But at my age, I was highly, highly disappointed, and that's Andre Iguodala. Really? Yes, yes. When I was younger back then, coming off Allen Iverson, he really spoiled us. All right, like I said, my basketball knowledge has changed. Yeah. All right. Don't get me wrong. He was great for Golden State. He was even great for Miami. But here in Philadelphia, we were spoiled. And his initials were AI, too. So, you know, we were super hyped. He was AI 2.0. Right. Thinking we had, like, our, our next guy and he's going to stand alongside. And, and you know, the typical things like, oh, improve his ball handling. Hey, and man, just listen, 2K11, was baby, he was baby Brown in 2K11. Bro, 2K11, he was on unst- Every 2K, he's still unstoppable. He's, like, one of my favorite players to use in 2K. But... He didn't pan out here in Philadelphia, like as as it shows. Do like, you think it's more? Do you think it's more on because of him or because management made him something that he tried to make up something? It's that definitely wasn't. management, like definitely management. Because knowing now the basketball knowledge that I have now, he's a solid three guy, like in his prime. Like you put Andre Iguodala on like a championship team in his prime, he's a solid three. Like he's going to defend everybody. He's going to defend all five positions. He'll get you some wide open threes. He runs the floor like a gazelle. He's going to get you some nice highlight plays as well. So for me, I'm I'm going to start with Andre Iguodala for what he did for Philadelphia, not for what he's done in Golden State and Denver and elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's why I said it'd be a little shock to start with that one. All right. And my first overall pick, I'm going to pick, you know, the man who was the number two overall pick. And that's not his fault because he should have been a, he shouldn't have been the number two pick. And the only reason why he was picked is because Doug Collins wanted absolutely nothing to do with DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Evan Turner. Uh, yeah. Forgot about E.T. Yeah. He's a scrub. Yeah. But listen. Um, he wasn't a scrub in college, though. He was tough at Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, he was. But when he came into the league, like, and when you saw him play – 
he was average just about everything. He didn't exceed in one thing. Nah. And and when I feel like when you're the number two overall pick and when you're drafted that high, you need to exceed at least in like one or two categories. He was an average ball handler. He he was an average shooter. He was just average at everything. I don't even think he was an average shooter. I I'd, I'd say a little bit more on the below average side. And honestly, like his 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 shooting motion just annoyed that me. That joint was weird. Yeah. He he was not it. But listen, here's the thing though. But when he played Boston, like he became like he used to get buckets. <laughs> Yeah, as it became Mo Cheeks. But listen, like just just because the fact that he was drafted number two, um, no All Star appearances, no NBA All Teams, just scrub. He, he just did absolutely nothing, and like he was the, he was the wrong fit here. And I yes, feel like I no, agree. no matter where he would have gone, like I think he probably would have maybe panned out a little bit better. But no, for what we needed, we needed Demarcus Cousins. But we got Evan Turner, and then we just crowded that backcourt. And I feel like Evan Turner just didn't live up to anything of that number two hype. The thing about Evan Turner back then is coming out, coming out of Ohio State, Brandon Roy was at the top of his game. Yeah. And people compared his game to Brandon Roy. So if you're looking at Brandon Roy, who's arguably like one of the hottest guards in the NBA at that time, and you're like, oh, we could possibly have that. Like, let's do it. And Evan Turner was getting buckets at Ohio State like hoping but it just it did not work out I yo you're that was actually a good pick yeah but listen like I looked at like here's the thing like from Brandon Roy and even to like D'Angelo Russell we got stuck in the middle with Evan Turner because <laughs> at least D'Angelo Russell has an all-star appearance in this game yeah D'Angelo Russell's nice though yeah like, and especially having D'Angelo Russell right now alongside of uh, Ben Simmons, he that, also he should have been a Sixer. Thanks, Lakers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I I'm going back a little bit on this pick. Um, I'm gonna go. Dang, it's sad because this is these picks all have to do with management on a low. Now I they are they're all management. Issues. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Shoot. Tony Kukoc. Oh. Yeah, I had to go back a little bit. Oh. I had to go man. back because that 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 Tony that Tony Kukoc pick. Jeez, man, that that was not it. Like, and especially like, come coming off of what the Bulls run, you thinking like, oh man, Tony Kukoc is gonna help elevate the Philadelphia oh, yeah, Sixers. Yeah, that three point shooting, yeah. Bro, all I can see right now is like my eyes just sore from that blight. That remember we used to have like that bright blue Sixers yeah. jersey. That's all I see is him with a broke jumper. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you didn't think that one was coming. Yeah, but uh. I got a little alley oop for you. Just it's it's pretty simple. My next pick is easily Andrew Bynum. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna actually say that, but you knew he was gonna be on the list. Yeah, so just Frederick Douglass head looking boy. Bolo, the salsa dancer, never played a game here. Uh, that was He's the reason why the process got started and he's the reason why Drew Holiday's not here. Yes. Cause then we went and got Nerlens Noel. Yeah. Unbelievable. This management yeah. Oh my. This God. is all. These are all. It's not as sad because it's like these players actually like Andrew Bynum is a two-time champion, a former a former All Star. Yeah, he was he was a kid who got dunked on by Shaq and went got mad and dunked on Shaq. So he had the grit and grind. He's from Jersey, yeah. so he ain't no slouch. But he comes to Philly, and that was the last time he's ever seen again. Yeah, uh, he did play for the uh, Pacers, I believe. Oh yeah, for like a week or two. Yeah, that he was like, yeah, this ain't it. That was it. But he was trying to make a comeback. I think it was la- la- two years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. He was looking good. He was still young. I don't even think he was at. I don't even think he was thirty yet. 
That yeah, that was a bad one. I see red whenever I hear that name. Yeah, it, it it really frustrates me. Him. Hey man, shoot your next pick. My next one. This one for me was also like a little bit shaky as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back again. I'm gonna go back again. Okay. Keith Van Horn. I'm going back again. Cause when he was on the Nets, playing with the Nets and Jason Kidd and yeah. all them, he was tough. And then them socks, them high socks, oh, yeah, he would wear up to his knees. Yeah. I'm like, yo. When Keith Van Horn come here, like pretty much, I thought anybody they paired alongside AI was going to help. Yeah, it and didn't, no matter who, didn't happen. These, like I said, once again, all management picks. Yeah, like. <laughs> oh, in that case, I got one for you. Yes, go. Derek Coleman. DC. Yeah. DC was my man, though. Yeah, dude. DC was. He used to catch bodies. He was. He was done. Yeah, dog. He, he was, was long he, done though. He was shot. He was super shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just got a text in. Somebody said Sean Bradley. Yeah, me, yeah, no, my, yeah, no. My dad texted me saying Sean Bradley for sure. Yeah, because he was dad, Does your dad want to send you his list as well? Send, send the list. Send listen, listen. And once again, we're live on WJYN ninety-eight point five. We're going on all time six. We could just wait. We don't even have to do like a, a starting five. We could, we just, could just list them. Yeah, because there's a lot, a lot of real bad Sixers out there. Yeah, and just bad, terrible management picks. Yeah, like like I said, now understanding the game more, what yeah. were they thinking? Yeah. Larry Hughes, what do you think about that one? This is another one from my dad. Oh. Especially with who we no. could have had in that draft? Yeah, that's, that's not on Larry Hughes. That's on Larry Brown. Because Larry Hughes, he hooped, though. Yeah, he did. But he did hoop. It just wasn't a good fit for him and I. Yeah, here's the thing. like Larry Brown made a promise to Larry Hughes during the draft. Shouldn't, I don't know why I did yeah, that. Yeah, and like if that wasn't the case, Paul Pierce would have been a sixer. Bruh, AI and Paul Pierce. Yeah. What, what, what was that? The, the 90 you, Yeah, the '98 draft. Well, could we? Is that the one where we could have also got Vince Carter? Or Vince Carter went early. I think I think Carter went early. Pull up the draft real yeah. quick. Nineteen ninety-eight well, draft. Yeah, yeah, I, I, Sixers really blew this one. Yeah, like, but, they, like they always do. They always they always blow it. I mean, that's that's just what they do. Yeah. Damn, my phone about to check. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, ninety eight. Hold on, let's pull up. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, because I remember uh, there was a story that uh, that Dirk Nowitzki was almost uh, a boss himself. Yeah, Michael Oliver Candy went yeah. number one that year. Yeah, Larry Hughes. Yeah, after okay. that, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce. Yeah, wow. we could have had Paul Pierce. Wow. Oh, Rashard Lewis was in that draft too. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, oh there, oh there's Toronto. <laughs> ah, he is in it. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so Larry Hughes, I'd say that's another management one. Yeah. Because the crazy thing is, Paul Pierce was hooping. Yeah. He he was hooping in college. Where was Paul? Paul Pierce was uh, Arizona, right? Paul Pierce, uh, yeah, can no Kansas. Kansas, Kansas. Who am I thinking? Arizona. Channing Fry. Nah, you know what it is. I think it's uh, Richard Jefferson. That okay. Just crossed my mind because he hooped at Arizona. Yeah, Iguodala as well. Bum. Yeah, Larry Hughes was definitely one. Um. How about, all right. Oh, did you pick? I think you just, oh, you just picked, uh, what's it called? Derek, Derek Coleman, Coleman. Yeah. yeah um, then your dad is sending his list as well. Yeah, Larry Hughes. So uh, I'm thinking another, like, so we're not, we not doing positions. We're just doing bum sixers. Yeah. Bum sixers. We're just filling out a team. Yeah, yeah we, got 20, <laughs> we got 19 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the words yeah. of Mr. Incredible, yeah, I got time. <laughs> we got a little bit of time. Uh, my homie Royal just texting Shaft like Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Spencer Hawes. Ooh, I, I hated Spencer Hawes. Yo, he was so annoying. 
it's crazy because like he would have like some games. Yeah, he had a game winner one time. Yeah, he would have like some games. I'm like, yo, this bull not half bad. Yeah, not half bad. Um, who's 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 another one you thinking? Um, oh wait, you wrote that down for you, Spencer Halls. I'm now. I'm just yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Uh, oh, I got one. Hmm. And I, I feel embarrassed because I share the last name as him, Kenny Thomas. Kenny Thomas wasn't bad, bro. He got I pay- fooled with Kenny Thomas. Yo. Nah, I don't. I don't appreciate. Nah, this. man, got paid too much money, man. Uh, listen, listen. Like Tom from West Philly said earlier, we that money not coming from us. Like any. He didn't do nothing. Nah, yo, Kenny Thomas. First off, his mid range from the wing was butter. He used to listen, just because you balled him on two K five doesn't mean he was good, man. I did who would have wanted to. He was, he's a bum, man. I watched the game too. His mid range, yo, his mid range was on the beam. All right, that's fine. But <laughs> he's nice. Oh, this is all right. This is another management one. This one's also from my dad, Chris mm-hmm. Weber. He was gonna be my next pick. Really? Yeah. Yeah, his knees were like, shot. Yo, when he got traded, I'm like, oh cool, we got Chris Weber. And I'm like, yo, where are your knees? Right. <laughs> like, and it, the wild thing is, I remember, um, because remember, like when the tra- the trade deadline, it's yeah. always been something hyper, but they'll have like pending trades that yeah. happen after the fact, like that'll come in at like 11 p.m. Yeah. So I I always used to sleep with the radio on or, or right next to my ear, you know, get my grooves in. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm laying down, and they like this just in the Philadelphia 76ers trade for Chris Weber. And I'm hype. It's 11 p.m. at night. I'm like, yo, we got C. Webb. Like, but immediately, for, like, not even, like, thinking about his knees, whatever, because I knew they were shot. But I'm just, like, excited because I'm like, yo, if he can be anything close to, like, what he was for the Kings, like, that would be great. I, like, my mindset was always like, yo, somebody who's going to help AI. That's it. And then Chris Weber, oh, my God, bro. First off. That was a mess. Just having like that that was an absolute mess. He couldn't he couldn't bend his knees for nothing. Like for nothing. He still managed to get some points when he played for Philadelphia yeah. though. Like he, he still managed to do his thing. And then then what do we trade him to Detroit after? And that's yeah. been where he ended the season. Yeah. Yeah, what did he do in Philadelphia when he came to uh, us? when he officially got traded here, he averaged fifteen points a game. Then the year after he played seventy five uh games and averaged 20 points. He, uh, he averaged a dub with us? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I believe that was, I believe also that was the year when um, our starting lineup, I believe, was Iverson, Iguodala, Kyle Culver, uh, C. C. Webb, and Samuel Dallin Bear. Yeah. And like, we had Willie Green as our sixth man. To be honest, that's when. Mo like, Cheeks was the coach. Yes. That's the year when I went back to using the Sixers because they were fun to play with. Yeah. That, that, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's also like when I realized, like, yo, I. I I've started to love Reggie Evans off the bench. Reggie Evans was so, yo, so scrappy. Yeah. That see, those are the kind of guys you need. Next week we got to do like a guy, like a list of guys that we loved. Yeah. Like, cause there's a lot of guys that I absolutely love. Like, I, yeah. Like I would have Kenny Thomas. Yeah, dude. Like, like Reggie, like Reg, like Reggie Evans averaged about like I believe like 12 rebounds that entire series against the, the Detroit man. That snapping. Was, yeah, just snapping. I mean, he can't shoot, but you know what? I, I don't care. Like, I, I try to pattern my game around Jimmy. I can't shoot either. So. <laughs> I'm like, dog, like, you're going to get re. He's like, yo, he's like, Chris, yeah, do you want to shoot? I'm like, I'm going to be rebounds and hustle. Uh, Royal just came in and saying uh, Nick Young, but I like Nick Young when he was I like there. Swaggy P. Nah, Swaggy P goes on the good list. Nah, man, listen, I like Swaggy P. Yeah, he go he goes on the good Doug list. Collins hated him, so. Yeah, it's, this this is that's Doug Collins. All right, all right let, let's continue this list. All right. All right. Uh, Another scrub. For me, like just straight like scrub juice, mm-hmm. Eric Snow. What? Eric Snow was not it for me, bro. What? Could not. St- 
stand Eric Snow. I, I will never forget. I was watching. It was like a playoff game against the Magic, and this man, Eric Snow, hit a baseline three to, like, tie the game. I lost my mind because it was, like, the first time I ever seen him make a three. <laughs> and you know how his <laughs> form was so weird and high? Yeah. But, like, when he hit it, that joint splashed. Like, he, it definitely splashed. But, yeah. no, Eric Snow, for me, was absolute bum juice. Like, he was, he was, he was not it. He was not it. And then I remember um, when we got rid of him, and he was the starting point guard for Cleveland. Yeah. And Dwayne Wade killed that man. <laughs> yo. He, yo. The, the things that Dwayne Wade did to Eric Snow, it was bad. Yeah, Eric Snow was on my list. I don't care. Eric Snow gets no love from me. All right. So did that round out? You're starting five? I thought we were just shooting. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's fill out a team. Uh, 12 team roster. All right. Fair. All right. That's all right. Just to recap, so far I'm gonna I'm gonna go with who I have and then who what Chris Chris has because he has his next pick. So my first five are Andre Iguodala, Tony Kukoc, Keith Van Horn, Spencer Hawes, Eric Snow. That's not like a nice process team right there. Uh, right, right. Sam Hinkie is excited. He wants it. <sighs> hmm. All right, I got next pick. Go for it. Drum roll, please. Julio Okafor. I don't like that. I don't like that. I hate I don't, it. I don't like that. Why would you? I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. Why no, would you do that? You just Michael Carter Williams is still out there. And you want to say Jello Okafor? Michael Carter Williams at least one rookie of the year here. I, I don't. You, like you, it. Listen, you can have. Listen, Julio Okafor was terrible. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was not terrible. They I, gave up on him too soon. I, I like Jello. Look, listen, listen, listen. That. I'm not disagreeing with that, but when I made my mock draft, like that was the last year I made a mock draft, I'm like, listen, for the Sixers, stay away from Jaleel Okafor. Stay away he from him. He was tough. Listen, what, what, what? Because he got post moves. Like, this is in the 90s, man. I don't care how many post moves you got. You're, he's a terrible defender, and, and he's an average rebounder for his size. I mean, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, listen, I mean, like, what, outside of post moves, like, if I take you out the paint, what else are you going to do for me? He's still a bucket, bro. He's a bucket, and he gives up, and he gives up a lot more than what he gives you. Yeah, I mean that's true. He, he I mean, yeah, to be that tall and you don't rebound, that's an issue. Yeah, that so. is an issue. And then also to be that tall and you're not a rim protector. Yeah. Still, kid got buckets. Yeah. Like that's that stretch last year when they weren't playing Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yo, he averaged like 25 and 12 for New Orleans. He was hooping. He the thing is, Jalil for he can play. He can play. It's just unfortunate that the NBA has changed. But in my personal opinion, if he still can pl- continues to play the way that he plays, but like develops like because he can shoot too. If he's if he's more defensive minded, I don't see why he couldn't play. In my opinion, it ain't it ain't like the Joker plays great defense, and you've seen that he's getting torched. Well, he's just straight offense, all offense. Jalil Okafor deserves to be on a roster, not ours. But he deserves to be on a roster getting bucks. Listen, listen, people have been trying to talk me into liking Jaleel Okafor for years. It's not going to happen. Bro, you're you're on something right now. Yeah, I know, I know I am. Listen, c- listen, continue your list. By the way, I got somebody who's worse than Michael Carter Williams. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Um, So this will be my – this will be like the sixth man, I'd say. Yeah. I'm going to go with – well, I kind of like this guy, though. But uh, I, uh, all right, so our process, like the process players, are they off limits? No, go ahead. No, shoot. No, I'm just curious because there were some guys that like I kind of liked, even though we were bad. Like no, I, no, it, like I liked Isaiah Cannon. Okay. Like he was cool. Like, no, listen, like 
bad players are bad players, regardless of circumstances. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah you're right. All right. What about, uh, <laughs> did I say Todd McCullough? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, <laughs> Todd McCullough. Oh my god. I'm going back on you, bruh. Yeah, I know. And uh yeah, for as far as my six man goes, I'm going with a point guard. I'm going with the only point guard in NBA history that could dribble with one hand. Who you about to say? Tony Roden. Nah. See Tony Roden used to get buckets during the process though. Who else was gonna score? I know, it was fun to watch. He, oh my god. He can only dribble with one hand. <laughs> Now, all right, Rel just texted me saying Speedy Claxton. I like Speedy Claxton. Uh, oh, that, no. that would be on my list of people I like. Like, Speedy Claxton was that dude. Oh, God, what's next? Kevin Ollie? Kevin Ollie wasn't half bad. <laughs> <laughs> he was all right. I like Kevin Ollie. He's an excellent, he's an excellent coach. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I would not have been shocked if we got him from college and he became the coach. Yeah. Kevin Ollie's not bad at all. Um, who was my next bum pick? Uh, actually, I'm not gonna say this dude was a bum because I met him when I was a young boy and actually actually played basketball with him one time. But anywho, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, remember uh, Matt Geiger? Oh my! <laughs> I told you I'm going back. Uh, it's funny. So all right, so I just last uh, I think it was two weekends ago. My sister had a uh, an event, right? Yeah. And then one of the women who stopped by. Happened to be uh, one of my friend's moms growing up where, like, all the kids, we used to, like, go over to the crib. Yeah. And, like, you know, because they had, like, this nice long driveway and they had the hoops. So we would be act up, be act back there playing hoops or whatever. So um, as kids, you know, we're always, like, hype, like, you know, how kids are. Yeah. So we're hooping. Next thing you know, we see Matt Geiger walking down the driveway. Like, yo, can I play with y'all? And we're like, oh, snap. Like, it's, it's Matt Geiger, blah, blah, blah. And we were just, I was talking to her about the story. She was like, Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't approve of like him dating our daughter, so we had to let him go. I'm like, dang, like that's crazy. I didn't approve of him being a 2001 champion. <laughs> you shouldn't have been on the team at all. But I'll tell you one thing, he kept a clean baldy. Yeah, like he it, did, man. His ball, that joint was glossy. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so for me, I'm just gonna go mad guy. All right, listen. All right, I got one. If, if we're doing, if you're gonna take a path, then I got one. He was officially a Sixer, but I don't remember him playing a single. Minute for us, Jamal Mashburn. Nah, wait, did he play for us? Right? No, he got traded here, and then that was pretty much it. All right. I, only reason I'm gonna let you put it on because we're talking Sixers. Yeah. But prior to that. Yeah. No, Monster Mash was great. Yeah, he was the man. Yeah. It's, it's, he used to torch us in New Orleans. Yeah. Him, David Wesley, yeah. Baron Davis, uh, PJ Brown. Like I remember that team like the back of my hand because they used to kill us, and Jamal Mashburn used to light us up. I guess I'll have to. Yeah, fine. I guess that was a salary dump. I don't remember. Cause I remember we traded for him. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, so what is he playing? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm like, yeah. why did we trade for him? Right. I see. All right. Well, nah. Okay. I got another one. The big dog. Glenn Robinson. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I remember he was all. We also. That was also the time we also got Mashburn as well in trades. Yeah, that was the, yeah. That's why I think it, I remembered it. But yeah. like, I like the big dog when he played for um, Milwaukee. Yeah. But for us, he wasn't it, man. Yeah. The, yeah. The the big dog Glenn Robinson was not it, and it's crazy because his son yeah. now plays for us. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, big dog, big dog Glenn Rob. 
All right, I got one. Mm. Andreas Nocioni. Nocioni. Dang, I do remember him. He was yeah, he was he was cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, he was cheeks. Got paid a lot of money. He was tough with the Bulls. Yeah. But he was cheeks with us. Yeah. That's a good one. Dang, not Nocioni. He yeah, he was nice with the Bulls. Yeah. Him, Luol Dang. Yeah, yeah D Rose running the point. Yeah. That's tough. Dang, you you got me on that one. I'm trying to think. It's starting to thin out cuz now I'm getting close to the guys that I actually liked and it, it's getting <laughs> it's getting tight even though they were scrubs. Like for example, like I was always hype over Jermaine Jones. Like back in the day, yeah. like one of them one oh twos. Because he always did the cleanest like up and under layup and yeah. like made it every time. I'm like He's the only three point shooter we had. Yeah. Like <laughs> and then even even like Rodney Buford. Like you might not like him. Rodney Buford, I was cool with the bull. Oh, and, oh my bad. I thought you were talking about another Rodney. Nah who? Rodney Carney. Oh my god. <laughs> I'ma throw him on your side. Yo, I forgot about Rodney Carney. Just, listen, I like to call what He was from Memphis, right? Yeah. He was good in college. I thought it's crazy because like if Rodney Carney was like really developed, he would be perfect for the NBA's game now. Yeah. Like if he got developed and someone took he would be he'd a be great, Green. Yeah, he'd be a great a great three and D guy right now. Like that that's insane. Yeah, Rodney Carney I liked him though. Listen, I I like to call him athletic bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we basically got. I mean, that's Zaire Smith, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much. I'm not disagreeing with you. Nah. How about I'm saying this one is another bad management one, and people just hated him for no reason, even though he barely saw the court. Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless. Everybody hated him, <laughs> and he like barely got on the court, but he was making like 15 million a year. Yeah, that's not on him. That's on uh, Brian Colangelo. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely throw Jared Bayless on that one because he he yo he was straight bum juice. But it's but he could hoop when he got on the court. He could actually hoop. Yeah, like he he was a good three point. He was good in Memphis. He he played. He just ain't played well for us. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was Jared Bayless for me. Oh, <laughs> mhm. Oh, I, do I do I go again since you came out of nowhere with the Rodney Carney? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Who was another, like, just scrub dude that, like, I just couldn't stand? I'm trying to think. I got to think. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Alexi Schved? Are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, Alexi Schved. Oh, my God. I think, I, think he was I think he was another dude that I was not fooling with whatsoever. Even though he was all right for, like, like what did he, I think he was he was put up numbers for the Knicks yeah. at one moment, but yeah, Alexi Alexi Shved was another one. I was gonna say uh, I see you pull up that roster. Ain't nobody you hate on that roster. Ain't nobody you hate on that roster. Yeah, nah. Uh, yeah, no. Say stop. No, nah, uh, I'm just listen. I'm just doing this more so for memory. But yeah. nobody on the 2008. Yeah, listen. I like I like Andre Miller. I like the. Dollar. Oh, you know what? I would mm, I would, more of a disappointment. I'd say Kareem Rush for me. Mm. Looking at that, yeah, he was yeah. Jason Smith too. Now looking at that, yeah, two thousand the two thousand eight two thousand nine Sixers roster. Yeah, I would definitely say Kareem Rush and Jason Smith were super annoying. They were mm -mm, they were yeah. not it. The oh seven oh eight roster. Let's see who we got on that that I hated. Oh, there, there's your boy Rodney Corney. <laughs> Rodney Corny. That's crazy. That's what I would have called him if he was. <laughs> I would have called him. I would definitely would have called him Rodney yeah, Corny. Yeah, looks like it's about the same. Yeah. yeah. Yo, 
And, and see, nah, n- then we got to do the list of the players we like because I liked Andre Miller when he was here. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let, yeah, well, let's, let's do that next week. Yeah. Oh, that's probably but, uh, an, an right, ugly yeah, one. I, I still got to, like, give you one more. Shoot. Right, let's see. Uh, oh, they're perfect. John Salmons. You know what? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm a double team on that one. Forget, yeah, forget John Salmons, yo. <laughs> nah, I got a story behind John Salmons, too. Oh, shoot, man. So, um, so my uncle, right? My uncle was tough. He played ball. He played overseas. He's, uh, I think he's top three all-time for Alvernia University points scoring, right? Yeah. So my uncle used to be tough. He had a tryout for the Sixers, right? Yeah. And I was so excited. I'm like, yo, my uncle is finally getting an opportunity because I'm like, the Sixers is garbage, and, like, they could use him. Like, they could really use him. So um, I talked to him after, and I'm like, yo, how'd the tryout go? He was like, it was cool. Like, I did my thing. But John Salmons, he was gunning. Like, he just was not passing. Like, he was taking every shot. I'm like, he's already on the team. He's like, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, so for that or for that reason, that's also why I'm like, nah, forget John Salmons. Oh, so that's a family affair. That, yeah, yeah that's a, that, that, that hurt to the core because my uncle could have made the squad and be paid. Yeah. We'd we be, we be paid. So, yeah, yeah that, that that's personal. All right. So, uh, still got like a, about a minute or so. Uh, hey, let's uh, top this off with our coaches. Oh, Randy Ayers. Randy Ayers, for sure. Okay. All right, mine's is uh, Eddie Jordan. Ooh. Dang. If you put pictures of them up each, next to each other, they look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hate, like, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm, to, I got to, oh, I got to run, I got to run down on live, so I'm going to run the Princeton offense. What? Yeah. Yeah. That make, who said that? Who said that? What an idiot. Oh, my God. Oh, last but not least, Brett Brown? Or we, or we. Nah, not Brett Brown. Uh, listen, like out of all the trash, Brett Brown's probably the best. Bro, he has a three hundred win percentage. A lot of that wasn't. A lot of listen, he had Alexi Shred on his roster. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, listen. If anything, like Tony DeLeo, honorable mention. Uh, yeah, that is another honorable mention. <laughs> Dishonorable mention. My foot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would say. I would say Doug Collins. Yeah. Uh, I, I, listen, I'll definitely say Doug Collins simply because if management didn't step in, Kwame Brown would have got a five-year five-year deal instead of a one-year. Thank one year. God. Yeah. Right, yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, oh, man, we all forgot about Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown forgot about Kwame Brown. But anyway, that's all the time we have for our show today. Once again, you're listening to The Running Back Show on WJYN 98.5 and on UptownRadio3.org. For Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson. We'll see you next week. Peace. Sports for the culture. Yes, sir. Thank you.